Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 56. Yes, yes, it is 56. We just we just clarified that, listeners. So just relax. Episode 56 of Push to Flat. I am joined today by the half, by half, by half, I suppose, half, half, of half, yeah. half, yes, of the, the Platcast podcast, the fantastic Platcast podcast, a weekly PlayStation podcast, well, all things PlayStation. They're the sort of podcasts that have segments. They have nice little musical bits that play between their segments and they have high production values. So it's pretty much everything <laughs> this podcast doesn't have. I think you need to stop overselling us right now, okay? Because listen, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be like, ah, I, I trust CJ and his opinion. He's a man of class and taste. I'm going to go check out this plat cast. And then they go over there and then they hear that all we do is just throw in some beeps and boops. And we have some terrible inside jokes that you only know if you like listen to the show regularly. And they're going to be like, hmm, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> then they're going to question your taste. <laughs> No, it was all it was all true. Look, we better we better introduce you for, for anyone yes, that doesn't yes, know who's talking. Sure. And this of course is I enjoy doing this, so bear with me. Bushido seven seven four five seven seven six seven 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 three two eight five, I believe. It's a seven five three oh nine. Ring now. And yeah. also going by the name of Platt Zach because he gets the plats. He's a martial artist, nerd, friend, podcast host, gamer extraordinaire, and super nice guy. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you, man. I, I love being on the show, man. So it's always uh, it's always an honor. It's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, man, I just dig it. I'm I'm here. I'm ready to talk about trophies and PlayStation crap and anything else. Let's do it. Good, good. Well, look, I don't, I don't want to deviate into this too far because we just mentioned it briefly before the show, but because one of the great things for me, you know, we live in Australia, we're in a bubble over here, obviously about everything in the world, pretty much. You know, it seems like we're, we're miraculously coming out of this coronavirus. It never really touched us, if we are to believe the government, if we are to believe them. <laughs> Put your tinfoil hat on now. <laughs> I am fascinated always by America because obviously it's a much tougher situation there. And we talked briefly about these rallies. And I don't, I don't know if you just want to talk a little bit because I know, you know, we're only starting to get pictures of that now. It's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, and it's mostly economic based that like like everyone is so worried about the economy uh, that they are willing to, you know, throw their neighbor's health out the window in order to make sure that, you know, their stocks don't drop. And um, it's just, uh, this is what happens when you have literally an economy-based society, you know, versus one that's based on, like, I don't know, like uh, science, technology, logic, thought, reasons, morals, whatever. That's it. That's all it is. They're very worried that their businesses won't be there, their livelihoods won't be there. And that's and that's a legitimate fear to have, don't get me wrong. You know, uh Prior to all of this, you know, growing up, my grandmother, you know, half of our income was based on a string of small businesses that my grandmother would build from the ground up and then sell and she'd go on to the next one. Right. And so, like, I totally get it. Small businesses, backbone of America, et cetera. Right. Um, but there, there, that's still no reason to be like, you know, oh, the CDC's lying. Oh, uh, scientists are lying. This is not a pandemic. This is, the media's all liars. <laughs> Just like, if that's the case, this is the most extravagant, expensive, and frankly terrible lie that that, you know, that Big Brother is telling us, you know? I, like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it, it's insane. It's insane. And it, I'm sure it is weird to look at from outside, like the, the, um, the the bubble that is america you know I, i'm sure it is like fascinating like a weird science experiment maybe to look at us and be like "Ooh, what are they doing now 
Yeah, it is. It's it's funny because like I think I think you know I wasn't joking. We are in a bubble in Australia, and it does you know fingers crossed it does look like we're you know we're far less affected than than many other countries in the rest of the world, which is you know is very lucky and and fantastic. But but doing this show and and speaking to people, I've been speaking to Europe uh, people from Europe in the last few months, and just seeing you know talking to people in Italy as as it moved through there, and then you know predominantly through America as well in the last few weeks. And it, it is you're right. It's very strange to see it from this perspective because. Like we have no no real concept because you know they they throw this word lock lockdown around here at the moment in Australia, but I mean we're locked down in as far as you can still go out, you can go for your walk, you can go down the park, you can you know there are things closed or whatever, but but not everything, and it's 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 a very different right. situation. Like, are you? I understand the word in America is this shelter protection order or something. Is that is that what you're under as well now? No, no. Uh, let's see. My state was like one of the the biggest slackers. Among of all fifty states, oh. um, so like for reference, um, I think it was April second that our neighbor above us, Kentucky, was like, "All right, two week shutdown. Everyone, like, just sit your butts at home, right?" Um, and it wasn't until April, I want to say twelfth. Uh, it was a significant number of days later that the governor of Tennessee was kind of like, "All right, guys, like." maybe sit at home if if it suits you if it floats your boat no big parties okay we'll be back at like midnight you know just don't get sick it, it, you know kind of like the the mom and dad going out for date night and just telling you to behave and not throw a wild party that's basically what it was um so so you know businesses are let's see here i'm trying to think at least in my county for right now all the essential businesses are allowed to be open there, there's no cops like stopping people for the essential worker letters or stamps or tags or anything like that. You know, my wife works at a grocery store right now and it, it's, she, she talks to me daily about how insane it is. People are coming in with like all kind of screwed up priorities. They're like, I need 50 pounds of sliced salami for this apocalypse, please. You know, just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm getting off track. Sorry. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird, like, you're supposed to stay at home, but you're but half of your neighbors and friends aren't gonna state that I'm in right now, uh, as opposed to somewhere like New York or, or California or something like that. You know that, that where where they're supposed to stay home, there is checks, right? Uh, the state of Virginia has state line border checks where they have police officers mm-hmm. sitting there and they will stop you one by one and make sure that you are going in, you know, because you are an essential worker, you have a, a legitimate reason to go into the state of Virginia. Meanwhile, Tennessee, we're all just like. I don't know, playing cornhole and, and, and drinking moonshine. And we're like, yeah, come on in guys. It's, it's whatever. Y- y'all come on, come on back. <laughs> well, well, perhaps it's not so dissimilar to here then by the sound of it, yeah. the way you are. Yeah. Okay. That's, no, that's interesting. Well, that's a, that's a little touch up because I, I don't want to dwell on it, but I, I was, I was quite. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I love my home state, but, but God bless us. Sometimes we just make, we, we make terrible decisions. Yeah. Oh, look, look. <laughs> You know, you'd, you'd be at home in Australia at the moment, trust me. So uh, yeah. look, let's let's move to, to somewhat some gaming talk then. Now, let's do it. Because, let's do it. you know, and before we go any further, I should just welcome your wife as well. I know she made some appearances in the last time you're on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as we go uh, today, if she, if she right. has anything to add. Hi, and you're welcome to add stuff if you want to <laughs> stop playing Animal Crossing, whatever. You know, so just say hi if you want to. We are not moving to Australia right now. <laughs> the the, the budget is not that much. Poor. <laughs> the budget's not it's the budget's not there. We're looking at next quarter, okay? Yes, yes, yeah. Next What's quarter. Quarter. Next quarter. Yeah, stonks are down. Okay. Please, you the CEO of the house. 
I, I'm I'm like half, okay? I own 49% share of this house. You have 51 majority right. share. Right, but I, I have all the money, okay? So I, I got to stop you from making dumb purchases. That's my job, okay? Oh, hey, what's that on Animal Crossing? You better pay attention to that and don't look at me like that. You just bought Animal Crossing Yeah, I know. I love you. Hey, well, let, let, now I don't know if you've started this, but I have a question here for your wife because she sounds like a connoisseur of this game. What is the turnip yes. price at the moment? Is it good to be selling what's at the moment or not? What's your turnip price at the moment? Is it a good time to be selling turnips on your island? Oh, I have no idea. She has no idea. She sold hers like four days <laughs> yeah, ago. The market, the, I tell you what, you think the stock market here is bad at the moment. You should check out that turnip market. It's unbelievable. I know. The turnip market is insane. Yeah. yeah good. Okay. Well, look, one when, day you might be a simple turnip farmer, and then the next day you'll be a king, a god among men. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, I have a bit of a tendency to <clears throat> play the first five minutes of games. And and I, right. I got into that game, and then it was just before Easter, and then I every podcast I listened to was talking about how dreadful this Easter eggs or this bunny section was. Yes, and so I thought, yes. well, this is great. I just won't play it now. I have a perfect reason not to play it. But then, uh, yeah, now coming back or whatever, I need I need to go back. But then, look, you know, anyway, let's not talk about the switch. Let's that thing over there for <laughs> the time being. Now, what I wanted to to ask you last time, because last time you were on, you know, we we talked different things, games, and and we talked Yakuza and and your podcast and things. Yeah. But one things we we didn't talk about, and now that you you know you, you're you're well beyond a year now, so you've done many of these games, is this gold yeah. tier that you have for your patrons where they can nominate yes. a game and and you can play it. So I'm wondering, you know, if you want to just give a little spiel about that, but then I want to sort of go sure. into how you're finding that experience because, you know, you've done, I'm not sure how many games you've done now, but it's quite a few and you, and you have to play them through to platinum. So how yeah. are you finding yeah. this experience? Do you regret it? Are you enjoying it? What, what do you think? Um, okay, so let's see here. For starters, uh, I think the whole COVID panic has actually kind of thrown me off my game because I was on track to completing two of them, and then unfortunately, like, life happened. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm struggling to find time. Uh, for instance, uh, one of our patrons, uh, Diego, has sponsored me to play uh, Persona 5, right? And uh, I, was, I was just crushing through Persona 5, and I was going to plat it in, like, a month, you know, no, no big deal. Uh, and then... All this happened, right? And then on top of that, you know, I had personal life issues pop up, and now my like my steam for playing Persona Five is is pretty gone. Uh, not to say Persona Five is a bad game, I I actually really like it, right? But I'm just not the guy that normally goes out on a limb and plays JRPGs, right? So uh, that's been kind of rough. Uh, and then another supporter gave us uh, you know money for me to platinum uh, Killzone Shadowfall. And, you know, multiplayer trophies on that have been horrendous. Uh, those are the two big bumps, I would say. Uh, other than that, I have played games like Hotline Miami. I have played Batman Arkham City again. I have played, let's see, I'm trying to think, Vampire. There's a bunch of different games that I've, I've completed through that. And honestly, there are moments where I do regret it, like when I get like the big game requests, like Persona and everything. And And luckily, our patrons are like, very understanding. So when I say, hey, a pandemic has hit the globe, I might be a little late on this, <laughs> this one year uh, tally mark here. Uh, they're like, oh, hey, it's no problem. Or when I say something along the lines of, hey, uh, the servers are not being too kind to me and I can't get these multiplayer trophies for some reason, uh, you know, I, I might be a little behind on this. They're going to say, yeah, that's fine. And I just say, go ahead and give me another game and I'll work on that while I'm, you know, cleaning up on this one. And they do. Mm. Uh, but it's 
it's been challenging. It's been rewarding. And and those people that are the gold tier supporters on our podcast are kind of the backbone uh, for, for us paying our fees and for paying for gas for people to go to the office and record things and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, overall, I would say it's a bumpy road, but it's a rewarding one. Uh, speaking of which, CJ, sir, uh, I yes. messaged you quite a while back. You gotta, you gotta give me another one. Me and Dylan here, uh, Dylan and I, rather. Oh. Sorry, uh, I messaged you back on Patreon. And I know Patreon's like very reliable when it comes to messaging, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you should uh, in your spare time think of new games for uh, Dylan and I to complete because your your renewal is up there, my man. Oh, okay. Well, no, look, that is my fault. I will get on to that. Yeah. I just want to um. There, I think that there are a few games that are ruled out. I can't nominate Elder Scrolls online. Is that correct? please don't, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> um, Look, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, either, it's it's games like it's games like that, like games with impossible platinums, like the old Ghostbusters game, or uh, games that are just insane, like Super Meat Boy. You know, you'd have to give me like mm-hmm. a like a three-year limit for Super Meat Boy or something like that. You know, you'd have to really be wanting to stay with me for the long haul to, for me to do like a Super <laughs> Meat Boy. You you would have to become my new best friend uh, who also has a cot in my house and watches me stay up late at night questioning my existence if you wanted me to platinum Super Meat Boy. Well, that that is definitely alpha cards. And by the time, look, I've got it. I'll have to put some thought into it. Give me some time because, as you know, I, I yeah. last nomination was was one of the staples of the JRPG. It's oh fantastic yes, game, critically <laughs> totally acclaimed heard. by many, not you, of course. <laughs> and that, of course, is the blue reflection. It's a fantastic. It's a fantastic adults only shower um, sort of a, a game. You know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think here how you describe it. You know, turn based. Was it? I can't even remember. It's been so long. But it was. Uh, it was good. It, rela- it was, I remember, it was Persona Light. Right, that's how I like to think of it. A, a, a normal man's Persona. <laughs> I actually did like the the turn-based system for it because it made me think a lot of Final Fantasy X. And I know a lot of people don't like Final yeah. Fantasy X for characters and context and things like that, and that's perfectly fine. But I liked the, the turn-based system and the fact that you could delay enemies and speed up your own characters and that kind of thing. And I did like that about Blue Reflection a lot, actually. It just, the the setting and the aesthetic you know, as a guy who did grow up partially in high school in Japan, I, I you know, th- I was like, e- even with that, even with that background, I was like, I can't relate to these characters. I am not a high school age girl with high school girl age problems. I just don't. You know? <laughs> um, the ending was very sweet, though. I will give it that. Uh, the ending was super sweet. And uh, I might have been a little hard on the game at first. And I, I think I fixed that when we re- when we touch back on that there couple episodes later after i platinum did i totally forgot about blue reflection i, I think i scrubbed that from my memory <laughs> yeah look look it's a, it's a fantastic a fantastic game or whatever else look even if you if you didn't you you couldn't associate there you know with the 13 yeah. year old girl look i can understand i suppose it did have the wonderful tamagotchi like mini game oh know, yes well, on the so phone, which you know so a highlight in itself i'm looking forward to the standalone yeah. version <laughs> at, at some point but, but look, enough of that what, what i wanted to ask then because we had this question come in a, sure. a while ago obviously because people are nominating games and, and you don't know beforehand what they're going to nominate i imagine you know with the exception of blue reflection there are some games that have come up that you would never have chosen yourself yeah has that been the case is absolutely. there anything in particular uh, that you've discovered through this so hotline miami was one and that was a game that i initially hated incredibly and i was like this was a bad idea <laughs> Um, but as I, as I got 
better and better at the levels and and replaying them over and over and over again i got kind of um almost like a resident evil uh you know like okay this is gonna happen here and then i gotta turn here and then you know this person's gonna pop up here that kind of mentality uh i got that kind of ingrained in my hands and my mind and everything and i eventually ended up really 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 liking hotline miami and uh i think that was i want to say that was slugger seven uh one of our patreon supporters and so when his turn comes up to renew again i'm probably he's I- i'm expecting he's going to ask me to complete the second one so i already bought it and i've got it downloaded and <laughs> if he doesn't then i'll just play it myself uh but hotline mm. miami was one another one was vampire uh with a y because it's fancy uh it is british and um <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, I, I played that game, and while I wasn't the biggest fan of the actual game itself, the trophy experience was probably the, the roughest part for me because yeah, it, it just, um, like, okay, so the, the entire base of the game is, like, you, you, you become friendly with people or you get to know people at least, you know, depending on the person, and then you have the decision to, like, feed on them and get more experience and then get more powerful and that kind of thing, right? And then there's literally, like, a trophy where you go through the entire game not doing that. And so it takes away, you know, imagine like if, if, if it was like a pillar for a building, right? And all of a sudden they just pulled out a pillar and they're like, cool, now complete the game, right? And you're just like, why? you know, you have an unstable house now and they're like, walk around, complete the game. You're always worried about walking over that spot where the pillar's missing. And so I think that kind of ruined the initial experience of the game for me with Vampire. However, it did have a really engaging story. I liked I liked the main character, even though I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. You know, I, I enjoyed the aesthetic to everything. It was just, it was rough combat and a rough trophy experience. And so, like, I think I talked about that on our show. I, I said, you know, if, if you're out there to, to get, like, a very dry, uh, intense story about vampires in, in you know, in England, do it right but if you're there for like trophies maybe not you know unless you just have a lot of patience because it's not until you complete the game without you know drinking the blood of people then you get to go back and go hog wild and and kill a bunch of people and take their weapons and stuff like that to do trophy cleanup and it just kind of broke the flow of of enjoyment for me it's it's funny you mentioned that that particular trophy about not drinking the blood and stuff like that because i put i put a bit a fair bit of time into that game and you know, Zach, I, I always start off with the intention of platting the games that I play until the point where I just get to the fuck it point where I realize you've got to play in this yep. certain white way to do it. And, you know, like, you know, a year or two ago, that might have appealed to me, but it just doesn't anymore. And so I just, just play it the way I like. But, you know, I, I've become more select, selective, I think, you know, of not even bothering with the trophies in games like that now, because I find, like, I found that trophy really jarring. It ruined the whole, the, the way you would have to play the game if you're going for it, I felt. So I, I just didn't. I suppose, but it's an interesting point you make because there's there's more and more games that are coming like that. I think where the trophy list is just uh, it's just detrimental to the game experience. I think, but that's okay. That's it. It really is. Mm. It really is because like um, there, another example was like Mortal Kombat 11, right? Mm. So I really I really like Mortal Kombat. I think it's I think it's very fun, very interesting. I like the the fighting mechanics to it, and I enjoy the 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 cheesiness. I enjoy the the over the top characters, you know, but um there was like trophies for doing the um the mode where the computer fights itself and you have to do like one trophy to watch watch the computer fight itself like 10 times and then another one for watching it fight itself 20 times and i'm like were you all bored or just confused or lazy when you made these trophies because watching the game play itself 20 times in a row 
is just asinine. <laughs> and that was the breaking point for me. I was like, I don't, I don't have time to waste. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and let the machine play itself for 20 times in a row. I got breathing and living and literally anything else to do over here. Mm. You know? Well, it's, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that actually, because when I was thinking about topics before we started, I know that you do play quite a few fighting games and I thought that could be, be an interesting line because I know next to nothing about that, even though I play them. And I thought, well, you know, I can find a topic I know even less about. So we'll do that instead, which is what we're going to do today, listeners. But it's funny you mention that because obviously the attraction of the game playing itself is not something I'm opposed to, Zach, which probably doesn't surprise you. So I've been, I've been playing this grand blue uh, fantasy versus, which is a, is a fighting game. It's got some RP. RPG elements, but look, it's a fighter, uh, predominantly very right. anime fighter or whatever. Now, it, you know, played through the story arc or whatever, and it's, it's fine. It's quite good. It's quite good. And it, it progressively gets quite difficult. And there, there, again, there's another bullshit trophy, total random trophy here where you're drawing cards. Uh, you know, each chapter you finish, you get so many tickets in this drawer and you, you're drawing for a particular weapon has like a, you know, like a 0.001% chance or some bullshit of dropping. So the chances are you're not going to get it, which means you then need to play the whole story again on hard mode. And there's a, a significant Oof. tick in, in the story just to get to the end point to be able to, you know, get the materials to make this one weapon or whatever else. Now, I didn't know this. I was talking to another another dude online. He's like, you realize with this game, you can actually set both of the, because you can bring in a partner to help you, both of the the players locally as computer players. So the game will actually play itself. Now, admittedly, it doesn't always win, but, you know, most of the time it does. And I just thought that's quite strange because to play the whole campaign by itself. I mean, Mortal Kombat 11 didn't go that far, I don't think. No, no, thank God. But then this is what I find funny. Now, you're obviously, you know, you're a younger gamer. You're still skilled. The, all these fighting games have these combo challenges and things like this that you have to yes. do. Now, for some reason, this game will play itself, but in the combo challenges, it will not even show you a video of the combo. You know, most of these games you can push and it'll at least show you the actions and the buttons being pushed at like lightning speed. It just doesn't even do that. So it's fantastic, you know, obviously huh. fantastic. And the other thing I love now, you'll, you'll be familiar with this because you, you do play some Japanese you know, games and you're familiar. Yeah. The, the yeah. Japanese, they're quite skilled, you know, obviously. And the platinum percentage is really high for this game because it's only played predominantly <laughs> by Japanese people. So obviously they just right. don't need this direction, which is annoying for me, but it's frustrating. So I suppose there is a question here somewhere. What is, like, do you enjoy this fighting genre? And what do you think about these combo trophies in whichever game? Do they annoy you as much as me or are they just easy? It just depends, honestly. Um, so I'm trying to think here off the top of my head. Mortal Kombat's got some pretty approachable combo trophies. Some of them are a little annoying, and some of them take, mm. uh, you know, looking up online, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because even with videos and, you know, like, oh, you know, this will happen or blah, blah, blah. It's it's sometimes easier to read someone who's done it saying, like, oh, you have to wait for this frame. or You have to wait for, you know, this to happen to to make the combo go all the way through. And those are just okay. You know, uh, I think mm -hmm. if you are trying to get better at fighting games, then combo trophies might be a good incentive, right? But if you are just a trophy hunter, maybe not so much. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is a really good example. So they have, you know, I think it's like, I want to say it's like 10 or 12 combo challenges per character, right? And so there's trophies for that where you have to get, mm -hmm. I think it's five characters. You have to get all their combo challenges unlocked. And, you know, not every character's combos are going to work with every single type of player, right? And so even even like easier characters like Hulk and Nemesis and things like that, it's going to be really annoying 
to try to do those combos. And for me, back when I was crazy and trying to get the the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite Platinum, I, you know, I I was like, yeah, I'll do this. And so I went for the easier characters, the slower characters. And even then, you know, I'd be off by like half a frame, a quarter of a frame. And I couldn't get the combo to go the way it was supposed to, to get the challenge to unlock to then get the trophy. And then I'd just be kind of like, nah, screw it. So I think there is a, a, I think there's a place for combo challenges like that for the fighting game community. I do not think, though, that trophy hunters necessarily uh, benefit from those kind of challenges and benefit from mastering or even just a- attempting you know, these, these combos and the combo challenges. So they're definitely more for the fighting crowd than they are for the trophy hunting crowd. Yeah, look, look, I'd agree. And one of the things that I'd really like to see in these games that have them is actually like the option to to slow the speed down of the computer showing you the buttons to press and the moves so that you can you can take mm. in. Because often, you know, I go, okay, well, look, I'm going to watch this or whatever, and I'll push play, I'll reach over to grab my glass of wine. And before I've even, you know, half lifted the thing over, the combo's <laughs> over. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. But look, the other thing, now I know we've deviated here, but you expected that anyway, Zach, and the listener understands that happened. Absolutely. So, Let's go for it. So now my other problem with these fighting games is now this I'm going to reference Soul Calibur Six here, but I know it's the same in this Samurai Showdown, which you've you've been playing recently. Yep. You have to play the story with every single character. Now I forget how many characters there are in that Samurai Showdown, but there's more at least twelve. There might be more. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I think it's like sixteen somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. But it's exactly the same story with each one, isn't it? Oh yeah. What's the point? <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, the 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 opening and closing videos are different. Oh, okay. and you get a little bit of dialogue with your rival, which I think is fine, right? Um, but yeah, there's no, there's no deviant, like there's there, there's no change for like it's it's basically like you know, Warrior A went out to go find themselves, and then like you find you know you fight six or seven arcade matches, you find your rival, and you have a little dialogue between the two characters and. Warrior B's like, hey, Warrior A, quit doing that. And Warrior A's like, I can't. I'm the main character. Now we must fight. And so they fight. Mm. Then you fight the big bad boss. And then it's like, now that Warrior A beat the big bad boss, they found enlightenment and peace. And they're going to go, I don't know, eat ramen until they pass out. Um, But, you know, I'll agree that perhaps there's no like actual difference to all the stories in story mode. I, you know, I, I'll agree with that, but I will say this. I, I appreciate even just having opening and closing video and dialogue and things like that, because I did recently play uh, power Rangers pedal for the grid, right? And power Rangers mm-hmm. is a series and a franchise that is based in just being flashy and big and, you know, explosions and cool suits and robots and karate and shit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But when you play arcade mode for that game, there's there's nothing you you do the match there's not even like a winning you know how most fighting games have like a winning victory pose and like a little bit of dialogue at the bottom and things like that right there's that's not there um you go to the end of arcade mode and then you beat the big bad boss the end of arcade mode and you get like two sentences the character will say like two sentences and then that's it no no ending video no beginning video nothing no artwork nothing and that is that's insane to me because what doesn't sell fighting games is is fighting mechanics and, and and whatever right people will adapt to fighting mechanics and they will they'll different people will crowd to different games right what sells fighting games nowadays is character rosters and engaging stories you know uh that's the reason soul caliber still goes on even though people are like oh it's like the the black sheep of the fighting game community it's terrible yada 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 right mm-hmm. people like the story 
people like the characters. And that's why we have six whole calibers still, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why games like Virtua Fighter eventually phase out into the ether. Because Virtua Fighter, although that had a crazy cool cast of characters, didn't care so much about its story. And so the story just kind of faded into the background. They just kept adding characters to it. And then eventually people quit caring about Virtual Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the thing. That's what sells fighting games now is rosters and story. And you have to have those two things. Uh, you know, gameplay comes third, in my opinion. Uh, but you got to have those two things. Those are critical. Yeah, I, I like that. Because I think, I mean, I, I reference the, the, the fighters that I tend to play are more like, I suppose for people that don't like fighters, but they want to play one. So Soul Calibur 6, you know, it's, you know, I, I joke that you you do have to play each character, but they do actually, in that game, they do actually have separate stories, although it's all just text-based or whatever. But then right. it has that almost RPG mode thrown over the fighter and then and Grand Blue versus it's the same thing uh, there. And I've also been playing a bit of that One Punch uh, One Punch Man, which is, you know, look, I listen to people that play fighters and, and it's like a shit game. They're like, this is a piece of garbage. You can't play this game. It's dreadful. <laughs> and I, look, I love it because again, it's low skilled. You just spam yourself on the controller that the moves are not difficult to, to do. And, it, and it's a much more emphasis on the story than the actual, you know, the fighting just gets in the way almost, I think, of that game. So really? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and and I, I think you know you'd be one of the people from looking at your list. You, you probably wouldn't enjoy the fighting mechanics because it is overly basic and and it's the same sort of things. But you, you know, I, I quite enjoy it for that side. You know, and it has your little side quests and things like that. So it's definitely not your traditional, you know, up and down and fighter or something. But but look, I, look, I don't know. But then you know, because it looks like we're blurring into the games you've played, which looks like I've made this amazing segue, listeners, which I totally haven't. All right, very, into it. very nice. But no, not at all, not at all. But just seeing we brought up that samurai showdown, the only other thing I remember is that obnoxious final fight where she just you know flattens you at the start or midway for no yes. reason. Yes, yes, great yeah. game. It's fantastic. I love when that happens. <laughs> I I really like Samurai Showdown's system though because. It does not require you to know a bunch of crazy combinations. No, you don't no. have to. You don't have to have. Um, and and you'll have to forgive my term here, but this is what they used to call it back in the fighting ga- game communities back in like the the early two thousands, mid two thousands. They used to call it Asia hands, and you know you don't have to have the the Asia hands for that. This is actually that was actually part of my my grad school thesis was talking about fighting game communities and like the the perception of different fighting game communities from like the West into into east and all that stuff but you don't have to have the lightning fast hands and the understanding of the combination and everything like that right you can literally pick like two or three good moves right that work for you know their distance and then all you have to do is really just be methodical about how you're going to approach your opponent in samurai showdown right and and that's what i like about samurai showdown is that it doesn't require you just to be crazy and flashy and mash the controller and stuff like that and also you know your heavy attack does a heavy amount of damage the problem is, is that it takes more frames to get there and so it's a good risk and reward system. So I really like Samurai Showdown. Um, I also like the fact that everything yeah. is just like an old ass Japanese. That's, that's just a personal thing for me. <laughs> so like, you know, you hit the options button and the other <laughs> announcer is like options, you know, game mode or something like that. Right. Like it, and it puts it in kanji, even though there, there shouldn't be kanji for that. So <laughs> uh, it is, it is, it's a game that went under the radar for sure, but no, it is. It, it's funny. You talk about that Asia hands. I've just written that down because that's going to be a topic for one day. I can tell you that's, I was just thinking as you're talking about it, because I, I play some rhythm games and obviously, you know, some of those rhythm games are insane or whatever else. And I remember, yeah. I remember playing uh, the Hatsune Miku, the Project Diva, uh, Diva X uh, game. And there's one, there's one trophy in it where you've got to play an ultra hard or whatever else, which I avoid at every cost. 
uh, but it's, it was the only way to <laughs> unlock something. You know, you've been playing this game for a hundred hours. They should just give you a flat anyway. But you still got to do this apparently. So it's really tough, Zach. It's really tough for an, an aging gentleman, you know, especially with RSI and everything right. else. And my problem was you have to move so – it's not even just getting 100%. You've actually got to get, like, perfects for a lot of it because otherwise yeah. the score just cheats you, which is another fun thing. Right. So, you know, as I said, aging gentlemen, you only have about three or four goes in you per day of that before your arm locks up and you're done. So, so you you know, it adds, adds the pressure. And so I remember watching this video of this person and all they showed was the hands on the controller – and it's like a blur or whatever else. And then at the end, it, it's, you know, zooms out or whatever. And it's like a five-year-old kid or something. Oh, and I was God. just like, you know, it, but it is true that they are very, very gifted in these things. So, you know, I, that, that's what I, I think for some of these games. <laughs> that was, uh, that, I mean, that's where the term came from was like instances like that you'd have. Yeah, I remember even when I was growing up, you know, I'd go to arcades in, uh, in Shibuya, Tokyo, and sometimes Akihabara. I didn't like the arcades too much in Akihabara at the time but you know i'd go to these arcades and you would see just these these you know very very young people and then uh, astonishingly incredibly old people too and they would just floor each other and um you've got these guys yeah speaking about the old people though you've got like these guys that are in their 60s or 70s chain smoking like crazy in the in the arcade and they would just floor anybody that would come up to them and, and fight them in like Street Fighter Alpha or Street Fighter 2 or something like that, you know? But same with the, ch- the kids, right? The kids are playing like, you know, Taiko Drum Master or, or Street Fighter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And their hands move at such an amazing speed. And, and you know, that's what led to the term Asia hands is all these like recorded instances, uh, you know, whether it be YouTube or, you know, secondhand stories or firsthand experiences, or whatever, of these people being like, yeah, I saw this Japanese kid and they just like, you know, beat beat my butt at street fighter four, you know, and I thought I was really good at it or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's insane. And it was a really interesting part, like to, to add to my thesis, because I was talking about like martial arts and how they're like moving from the, from Asia to the rest of the world and all that stuff. And the numbers are decreasing and video games was a big part component of that as well. Uh, there's always this perception that Asians are going to be better at video games than you are. And that's what led to the term Asia hands for the longest time. Street fighter circuits were using it. Um, sometimes the Tekken people would say it, they'd say, Oh yeah. So-and-so from Brooklyn, New York, he's got them Asia hands or something like that. I like that. Uh, uh, yeah, Tyco yeah. Master as well. Wow, that's a that's a flashback. Okay, now we are we are moving towards what you're playing at the moment, but it would be it would be remiss of me not to throw this out. Now I'm not sure whether this was a Patreon funded game or, or if it was your own choice. Although you did, well, you spent a few days on it, but I don't think you spent much time in it. And this, of course, is the critically acclaimed. Now I know you're a bit of a, a Sony pony, so this you know it's massive. For you. Yeah, you're a Kojima, okay, you're a Kojima <laughs> fan, and this, of course, is the Death Stranding. Now you've you've sunk a, a significant amount of time here. You managed managed to get to the end of the first chapter or episode. Well, yeah, what happened here? Was that enough <laughs> for you? Or? What happened? Um, you know, I liked it, but I think it was just one of those like games. There's a lot of games in my list, right? It, you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh man, he gave up on this game or something like that, and th- that's not necessarily true. I don't really ever give up on a game unless it's just like poorly made or something like that right but as far as death stranding goes i i got it and that was a point in my life last year was like has last year was not kind to me i'll just say that um and i was in a i was in a state of mental health that was just not like ready to 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 have my mind be messed with (laughs) and i was not in a state of mind where i was ready to just kind of like have some weird experiences so I played it and I was like, this, I like this, but I don't think this is the right time for me to keep playing. And, you know, cause I, I, cause eventually I was getting kind of like annoyed with Kojima's vagueness of things and, and the way he's, you know, tells a story. And 
you know, I actually normally like the way Kojima talks about art and stories and narratives and things like that. So that's why I could tell, like, I wasn't in the right mindset for it. So that's, that's why it looks like I gave up on Death Stranding. Uh, that, and then my backlog just got a very big, very quickly as of last fall, because, you know, Black Friday happened. I had a good paycheck come in and I was just like, I'm going to buy all these games. And then I, I did. And that was a mistake. So. <laughs> So basically, listeners, I'll play anything but Death Stranding at this point. <laughs> I like, I like. But look, I don't know. I don't know if you're ever going to go back to it or not. But it'll be. be interesting I probably will. You, you think of it. I probably will this summer when I get some free time. I'll probably like it's in my stack, and I'll, I'll eventually look at it and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll at least complete the story and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, now let, let's take a look at what you've been playing playing in the last few weeks or so, if you like. Sure. Now, there's a couple of things here that I'm interested in. Uh, so is it okay if I throw some out and you talk? Go about for them? it, man. Just throw up. Yeah, do it. I would like, I know you've talked about a lot of these on your recent show, so I, I apologize to rehash this, but you know. No, it's, it's cool. It's going. cool. Resident Evil 3. So you've actually platted this game. Now, I've listened to you talk about it. You're obviously a, a fan of the series. You enjoyed this game as well? Absolutely. Because I like it so much, I've started listening to other people's opinions because now my experience is done, right? Like I, I'm done. I have my opinion about it. So that usually mm. when it's something I, I care near and dear about, I wait until I've like fully experienced whatever it is. If it's a game, movie, book, whatever. I wait until I'm done with the, with you know the material and then I go out and see other people's opinions. I was listening to some people's opinions about it today and there's some good criticisms out there. That, you know, they, they say that it's too fast paced. It's lacking some of the, uh, the choice actions. Like in, in the original PlayStation game, you know, you'd get to like this freeze frame moment and it was like, you know, fight the monster, run away, or, you know, uh, jump out the window, go down the ladder, that kind of thing, right? And people are like, oh, well, this isn't in the game, right? This isn't in Resident Evil 3 and this is what made Resident Evil 3 mm. what it was. And I feel like those are maybe some good arguments for people that grew up with Resident Evil 3, but for someone like me, that only grew up with the original one on PlayStation. I feel like this is a great game. I feel like it was a lot of fun. I enjoy the the shortness of it because that allows you to kind of quote unquote master the patterns of everything. And then when you start playing on the more difficult uh, versions, when you play Nightmare difficulty and Inferno difficulty and all that stuff, they move things around. The enemies are incredibly hard. Uh, so you're you're mostly just dodging. You're you're dodging and and conserving ammo for your boss fights. I found it to just be a really stressful yet somewhat like relaxing and exhilarating experience all in one go right the combat made it stressful but like the overall experience made it very relaxing because you you get so used to where everything's at that you know you're like oh okay it's just here and here and here and then i also made the joke on my on my show you know once you get the unlimited bazooka all your problems go away and i feel like that maybe could go for life in general if you just go ahead and get an unlimited bazooka i feel like most of your problems will go away credit card debt you blow it up it's done <laughs> gone you know uh flat tire poof, your car's gone whatever no no big deal right that annoying co-worker poof, they're gone yes. well, back, <laughs> they're, yeah backlog. your backlog poof, oh no a horrible accident happened they got bazooka you know <laughs> uh <laughs> and this is why i made the joke i have a phd now in bazookaology i've thought about this and i made a thesis and you know here we are so i got my doctorate in bazookaology uh, this past week you could bet the vita would hang on though you can't get rid of that right yeah you can't no yeah it would survive it would totally survive but yeah resident evil 3 is great it's not resident evil 2 and i think people i feel like making that comparison is fair and unfair at the same time because again when you look at the original versions of these games they're two different games even though they're in the same line right resident evil 2 was all about exploring the story from different angles and different characters and you know had the a mode and the b mode and all that stuff you had hunk and and the 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 um 
was it the mercenaries mode or whatever that's called resident evil 3 had some of that but it was more focused on the fact that you had this just you know crazy strong monster that could not be stopped and he was going to follow you the entire time it had some choices but mostly it was just like cat and mouse cat and mouse cat and mouse survive and i feel like in that regard resident evil 3 the remake has done really well with that so i enjoyed it the trophies were great you know they they encourage you to explore all the different aspects and everything one thing i really really enjoyed about the trophies is the fact that with all the collectibles like you have to blow up these dolls you have to read all the books and files and everything right that goes across all your save files so when you play the game for the very first time and you're just picking up stuff at random and, and you're just checking things out just to enjoy the game you don't have to worry about like doing a separate run through and making sure you get every single one on that run through. You can just do a next run through and go, okay, what did I miss? And then go to the things that you missed. And and that's great. That's wonderful. Rather than going like, this is my, you know, uh, reading all the files run. This is my, I'm going to blow up all the dolls run or whatever. Uh, you just get to play the game and then you can worry about collectibles in a, in a second or third run through. I, I heard you say that, that de- that definitely appeals to me. And the, the funny thing, cause I've been hearing a lot of, a lot of people, you know, bash it or whatever else. And, and it's all tied up in the link. That seems to be their problem with it. And, you know, I, like I, I, I've never subscribed to the fact of, you know, a game needs to be a certain link to value a cost or an experience. So that, that doesn't really, you know, mm. I don't, it doesn't bother me either way. You know, I sort of tend to ignore that. But but one of the things, as you say, is these multiple playthroughs. So I, I have a feeling many of these people probably just play it once and that's it, you know, if that's their opinion. But, I mean, you didn't touch on it. And maybe, you know, you, you mentioned RE2 and you're used to it. But for me, this I, I, I'm not a big fan of these games only because I find them very intense, a little too intense for me. So I, I play them in small bursts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really enjoy it, enjoy it when I'm playing it, but I just, just find it a bit oppressive at times. Although I will say that I find this one a little bit easier for me to get into than two. I found that in the police station was very much uh, very full on uh, for me or whatever, but they, <laughs> they have such a full on understanding of the engine that they're working in that I haven't. And this is why I bought three is I haven't played anything on the PlayStation that looks as good as this game does. And, you know, again, here, I don't, I don't want to bash the PlayStation overly, but when I played this game and, and per- perhaps two or definitely two and perhaps Devil May Cry five, it actually, you know, I almost think that I'm playing on the Xbox for a minute on the X because it does look like nothing, nothing else on PlayStation. And always in the back of my mind is, you know, because recently we've had Final Fantasy VII remake come out, but still Lydia as well, still looks great, but not on this level of great. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, it, it, I just wonder why there can't be more games that look like this on on PlayStation. But I'm sure you'd agree that the graphically, I mean, it's stunning this one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, their their new rendition of Raccoon City is just awesome you know uh, it it looks like a lived-in town in the 90s that has just been ravaged by some crazy nonsense going on and then there's like 90s cheese everywhere with like the posters the way they advertise things no it it is it is visually stunning and uh, you you have to give it at least that If, if nothing else if you're one of those people that hates this game that that's fine i respect that opinion but you have to give it the fact that this game does look good even on your on my base ass you know, mm. uh, uh, a second week that it came out, PlayStation 4, it looks fantastic. Now, I'm going to have to ask you about this because, look, I, I di- dipped into this for a second, but multiplayer online is not really my thing. What is the, I see you played a little bit, what, what is the, the resistance like? Resident Evil Resistance is like a, um, it's one of the, I, I don't know what they're calling it nowadays. I think it's like an asymmetric multiplayer game or something like that, where, you know, you have the one player that's in power and then the other four to five are weaker characters or something like that and they have to work together. It's kind of like if Resident Evil took 
Friday the 13th and maybe a little bit of Left 4 Dead and then slapped their own like, you know, Resident Evil skin all over on top of that and, and made a multiplayer game out of it. I just like the fact that it came for free with Resident Evil 3. You know, at least they weren't trying to charge for that. And, and I think that was a really bold but good move on Capcom's part. Because at least, you know, if they tried to charge for it, I could see it completely blowing up in their face. But the fact that it's bundled in with the game, you can't really complain about it. It's free. You didn't pay for anything for it. So why would you complain about it? Gameplay-wise, it is definitely, in my opinion, I think it's more fun to play as a survivor than it is as the uh, the mastermind, the guy that lays out all the traps and everything. But there are a lot of people that get kind of, you know, they, 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 they um, I don't want to be inappropriate, but, you know, they, they get lively off of being the, the mastermind, and you can tell, <laughs> you know, the way through they play uh, and that kind of thing. But this is, um, this is a game that's definitely fun with, like, a couple of different friends and, uh, you know, some mics on and that kind of thing. It's a little rougher if you're by yourself and there's no communication, no clear-cut communication. It can be kind of rough. I've had several instances where we almost got through the level and then you see one bozo just running around in circles and you want to yell at them like, stop doing that. Here's the exit. We have it ready to go. Just step in the square and we can win. And, and they don't. So it's hard in that regard. But other than that, it, it's pretty fun, pretty interesting. It is definitely lacking story, though, or anything, because I, I will say that that's what, you know, at least Friday the 13th has that going for it because it's based in Friday the 13th lore. You know, basically, you know, it's a murderer and he's going to go out and he's going to kill a bunch of teenagers that are having sex on a beach when they shouldn't be uh you know or left for dead is a bunch of people like you know they're like a bunch of rednecks trying to shoot zombies and stuff like that and there's little you know blurbs of conversation this has none of that it's just basically a bunch of teenagers with guns and they're like ah shit we're in the the first resident evil movie we all got to get out of here and so that's basically it okay what i loved about the only thing i really i literally played the tutorial so the, the only thing i really know about this i was reading a thread the other day on this and it was it was it just made me laugh and i didn't know this sort of thing still went on and obviously people trying for the trophies or the platinum or some something and and people forced disconnecting when the match wasn't going in their favor kicking the old cord and i thought you know it's wonderful to see in this day and age that we still have poor losers in the, the gaming community as well oh god yeah that happened to me twice and i was so mad that happened to me twice and i was so mad we were, we'd be like halfway through a match you know and it's just like boop they're gone and i'm like okay that's fine that's fine there goes 20 minutes of my life i can't get back oh, i love that <laughs> now let's shift gears slightly here and get another game that i heard you talk about this week and it's funny because when i heard you talk about it i was playing persona and i want to talk about that a little bit later uh so sure. and actually while i was playing it i was like you know i think i would enjoy playing this game more than persona and uh, this was coffee talk so now this is a pseudo vn now i don't think you play a lot of vns now i know that there's a, a segment of our audience that plays a huge number of vns they don't read anything of course uh they, they just skip and stuff but i'm not i'm not so much interested in that i i know that the coffee element and making stuff but how is the overall story is it worth reading the story is very much worth reading i i, I you know i can't recommend it enough i thought it was really interesting you've got all your your basic fantasy tropes and They've made it into the year, I forget what it is, it's like 2050, 2037, whatever, right? And so it's like, mm -hmm. you know, um, the the orcs have become intelligent now, and they're, they're trying to, like, show that they can compete with the best of the rest. You know, the dwarves have come out from under the earth, and now they own, like, all these, you know, mining companies and metallurgy companies, and they basically do engineering for everyone. Uh, the elves are like the the posh, rich, high society folks that look down on everyone else. And then you even got like succubi and werewolves and vampires and everyone's just like running around. Oh, you got cat people too, you know, for people that are into that, whatever. 
but you know, you've got all these different races of people and everything, and they're all just chilling with normal human problems. And they even make a jab about it. They're like, can you imagine like, you know, Oh, having problems about a race, like someone being a different race. That's crazy. Like, could you, could you imagine if that was actually a thing? You know, um, but the the story is really cool. Uh, my favorite character, though, you've got this. I don't want to spoil spoil too much, but you got this character named Neil. Uh, he pops in, and it's basically just this sentient walking around astronaut suit. And the only time you can tell if he's happy or mad is when the stars inside the visor, of the astronaut suit, when they turn yellow or red. But it's an alien trying to learn about human customs, and he drinks with his finger. He puts his finger in the drink, and he drinks it that way. But, you know, a lot of cool characters, really interesting story, and it is an, it's an easy platinum to boot. Uh, and, you know, by buying the game, you're helping out this indie company that's trying to make just fun, interesting games. You know, they're very active on Twitter with their fans, and they're, they're you know, uh, they're always posting fan art and everything. I think it's a really dope game. I thought the trophies were very approachable. You have to do a second playthrough, but the second playthrough only takes, like, 15 minutes tops. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, I loved it. I thought it was a really fun time. Hmm, excellent, excellent. The more I look at your list, the more games that I, I see that interest me. But I'll, if we can, I'd like to talk about this Children of Mortar as well, because I don't hear a lot about this. In, yes, uh, let's ca- do it. The, the I love ca- this game. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is like, you know, I have a have a, a bit of a friendly relationship with the people at Nof, Nof's Guides. And of course, there's like five or six of them now over there, Zach, all working on different guides. And there's one of me. So they're pumping out these games. And they're like, CJ, you, you should try this game. CJ, you haven't played this game. And of course, you know, I can't keep Right. up or whatever else and this game came up months ago and i believe they may have written a guide for this and and the, the guy that did it's like this game is amazing you you would really love it or whatever and then i completely forgot about it and then i know that it was very cheap on a sale recently like very very cheap but i don't hear a lot about it other than the the few people that have played it say it's amazing so what's your opinion all right so like here i gotta give you some background and the listeners some background so um one of my favorite platinums of all time that i got was enter the gungeon uh, it got me really into uh, dodge rolling and random dungeons, and roguelikes. Uh, it, it got me into all that, right? Because it had really good pixel art. It had engaging characters. And even though there wasn't a whole lot of story, there was just enough story to keep me going, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of like Enter the Gungeon. Obviously, there's some different mechanics, which I enjoy greatly. Um, but they've you know pumped the story full of steroids. They're just like, here's here is a, you know, random dungeon game with with dodging and rolling and you know all different kinds of character gameplay styles you've got like sword sword and shield guy you've got um or excuse me the father's the sword and shield guy you've got uh the eldest brother is a kung fu master the uh you know the youngest daughter is a as a fire magic user and that kind of stuff and you've got this crazy story and then you've got just randomized gameplay and these powerful relics you can pick up on different runs you can get a good run going and then you know you don't pay attention boom you're dead and then you're like, dang, I gotta, I gotta try again. You know, it's that, I don't know. It's kind of like that addiction I had from enter the gungeon where I was like, no, 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 I can do this. I can do this. One more run, one more run. And then, you know, five hours pass and I'm like, Oh God, what did I, what have I done? What, what have I done? I was supposed to do things today. <laughs> oh, well, I, now I'm very interested. Yeah. I like, I like when you get sucked in. What, what's the difficulty spike in this game? Like, is it manageable or? Absolutely. Um, it, that's the thing. So this game definitely requires you to play through it a lot to level up your characters. So you get experience from killing all the different creatures and everything like that, right? Uh, and so you can level up eventually. And then what's nice is that you also, each character has what they call like family buffs or family uh, perks. And those go to every other character as well. 
So, you know, you get this one perk that maybe boosts your speed, but it also boosts all the other characters' speed as well. Or you get this perk that boosts your chance to do a critical hit. Now everyone has a higher chance of doing critical hits, which I like. It really ties into the whole theme of family because that's what this game is literally about. It's just a family of people that all of a sudden are called to help essentially save the world and figure out what is going on with this ginormous tree behind their house. It's just really great. It's kind of like if... uh, Enter the Gungeon and, I don't know, like Game of Thrones, you know, the Starks from Game of Thrones, you know, they're all there. None of them got killed off, right? <laughs> Imagine if the Starks didn't die, you know, uh, and that's not a spoiler. Everyone dies in Game of Thrones. Sorry, guys. But, you know, imagine if the Starks didn't die and they just got to, like, live their lives up in the north, right, with some magic and some fighting and shit. Uh, you basically do that and you slap it on top of enter the gungeon maybe binding of isaac if that's more relatable to you and you just go out and you enjoy this cool pixelated fantasy world you've got all these minor characters you bump into they some of them go back home with you uh you've got like this stargazer guy or you've got like a a wolf cub you can save and that kind of thing um you know you've got uh, a lore out the wazoo you find journal entries that you know start patching this world that the, the, these people have written it's just really really rich in story and the gameplay is is addicting and fun it's just it i love it i i think it's great it's challenging at some points but we you know after a couple of run-throughs and after you buff your character a little bit it's it's great you're, you're you're like okay and then you just move on to the next section and that's what makes it a little bit better than enter the gungeon in my opinion because enter the gungeon all you got was uh, credits when you beat bosses and then that would buy you the chance to get a different gun in the game you know you you unlock guns and then they'd randomly be in chests you know throughout the game this you actually see the pro- progression going you know this character is now stronger this character has a new ability now this character you know has buffed everyone else and that's what makes it so fun because you can pick your favorite character you can run in there and you can just basically kill a bunch of goblins and it, it's just a it's just a very fun time yeah, you've you've done you've done a good job selling it. it. That's that's almost a crucial fact for me in my games now. I have to see a progression in characters. I can't handle if if it's there's not there's not something there or it's not clear. So that that that's a selling point for me. Uh, is this game? I see that there's two trophies here for co-op. So is this game totally co-opable uh, online or local or how does that? Um, I think it's local co-op. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's online co-op. Now, look, I, I do want to get over to Persona, but there's just one more here. Now, I did, well, you, you 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 know that I tend to run long anyway, so please move me along if we're getting... Oh, man, I got nothing else to do. Let's do it, man. I, I'm here to talk about trophies. Well, I want to talk about this vacation simulator because obviously, you know, when this game was announced, everyone was excited in the whoring community because obviously job simulator could be done in an hour. Now, this, this right. game then, then came out, you know, with a thud and it's definitely not not done in an hour. I never, I've never even played this at all. What is it like? Is it stable in VR and is it enjoyable? Okay, so is it stable? Yes. Is the VR enjoyable? Yes. Uh, are the trophies fun? Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's that's where it gets you. Because like, if you just want to play the game, I think it's a really good successor to Job Simulator. Um, it's definitely got way more to do than Job Simulator. Job Simulator just dropped you in and was like, human, do the same task over and over and over again good job here's a trophy but where this is more like uh it's a lot of fetch questing stuff like you know you'll you go to the beach 
so okay so it's separated into like beach vacation forest vacation mountain vacation right so you go to the beach vacation and there's like a grill mm-hmm. bot and he's like hey i gotta make a bunch of burgers here and i sound like this for some reason go go make a burger and you go and you make burgers for people and then eventually you have to start making burgers for people in the other worlds like in the forest vacation and the mountain vacation and you have to use ingredients and things that you find in those levels as well throw them in your virtual backpack, run back to the beach vacation, grill them or chop them up there, and then run back and give them the burger or whatever. So those tend to get a little annoying depending on what it is that you have to do. And of course, they also don't like show, or excuse me, they don't they don't explain what some of the ingredients are. So you're looking at the board and you're like, what the hell is that? You know, like it took me forever to figure out that I was supposed to slice a carrot and put it on a sandwich. And so, so like I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to be? I don't know. So there's stuff like that that's annoying. There's also these horrendous, and I do not use that word lightly, uh, mini games where you have to build sandcastles and do ice sculptures, uh, both in the beach and the mountain worlds, respectively. And I got nothing out of this, CJ. Like, I, as a young man, I did like going to the beach. Nowadays, I'm not so big on the beach, right? But you know, as a young man, I loved going to the beach, and I'd make a big old moat and make a sandcastle and all that stuff, right? This did not fill me with that same joy at all. It was terrible. You have to make a sandcastle to their specifications, and so they give you a top, front, and right angle that you're supposed to match everything, right? And then they give you numbers. So it's like, oh, this is supposed to be like four units high and three units deep, and you have to do that on every single dot, and you make little shapes and shit like that. It's just not fun. I, I like even I even pulled up a video and I was like, this will make it a lot easier. And the video did not make it a lot easier. It just made it kind of easier. <laughs> so you have to do stuff like that. It's got some good VR moments, though. You get you go like underwater and you get to see like a whale above you and, and like sea turtles and, and they're all cute and everything. There's moments where you're like, you know, making ice cream for yourself and you eat it on top of a mountain. Uh, and you give yourself the trophy brain freeze. And that's kind of fun. But it is a bit of a pain. It's actually more work than job simulator ironically so uh i don't know i i I think i gave it a silver rating on our on our show which is kind of like mid-level like yeah maybe you know go for it but it's just uh it's okay it's okay okay interesting interesting well well what we'll do is well i the main game that i want to talk about from my list today is persona 5 uh so we'll 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 get to that in a sec but just in case you're you're interested here listen i'll just drop two things that i i've just you know came across in the last day or two that look i'm quite enjoying at this point and this is this creature in the well now I was very hesitant about this game, so I waited. I know it came out a couple of weeks ago, so it's a a pin. Now, this is a strange combination here, Zach. It's a pinball game. That's how it it sells itself, a pinball dungeon crawler. And, you know, I I thought, well, it's two things that... Hold up, hold up. You said two things I really like. I like the dungeon crawler. I just don't... I'm not a big fan of these games, these pinball games. You know, uh, I didn't... uh, I'm trying to think the... the, the, Oh, everyone loved it. It started with Y recently. forget anyway yeah uh it's just a bit much cj the three the first three words in this is pinball with swords how could you not enjoy well, i this? do enjoy this one which is funny because it's okay, different okay. it's a different pace to that the the uh, yoku's express i think it was uh so this creature's in the world so mm-hmm. it is a top down but it's not it, i mean it's not set on a table if you like it is a dungeon crawler and you do get a you do get different weapons as you say you start with the pipe but you do get the sword and there are there are these yeah. pinballs just around the place and of course the bumpers and the things that you have to hit and you have to hit them multiple times, and what it does is eventually it explodes, and you get the energy from it, and the energy 
once you have enough energy, you can open the door and move to the next section if you if you ah. like. Now, yes, it's very indie, but the price the price does reflect that. But in that way, it's a lot more uh, forgiving than say a pinball machine where you know if, the, if you, you only get so many balls or whatever, the, the balls just keep respawning. Right. So in that, and it is a it is a cool mechanic because you know you can either hit it or some of the weapons you can hold the balls and then you can aim them better and stuff like that. So I only dropped into a bit of that, but it it is quite good, and I'd, I'd recommend again from a small studio. But, perhaps checking this out and then the other one here that's like this this reminded me the reason i got this was is because i thought this must have been a japanese tv show but in real life but it's not <laughs> unfortunately but look it might be in the future and this is called freak out right the <laughs> freak out the calamity tv show now, this is really fun this is a top-down uh, twin stick shooter it's it's crazy it's done in the style of a reality show so you're you're the contestant if you like and you're you're moving through different levels of just enemies spawning from all different directions, basically, uh, and you're you're taking them out. So over, overall, it's not too difficult. Although I am playing it on the easiest difficulty, there are there are you know difficulty settings. The checkpointing is fairly lenient as well, so you don't have to make it through the whole of each level. But it's really it's really funny in a Japanese style. The commentary is just over the top. Uh, as it uh, as it goes it's not voice commentary it's all, all text commentary but again oh, only okay. early stages in that i think that's only around eight hours as well but again price reflective it's a it's an indie game with a, a small price tag so two two little new things and now let's have a look now i, I was very interested in hearing you talk about uh persona last time and, and over the weeks on your show i'm actually decided to embark on the the persona 5 royal edition which i know dylan you know finished in like a day and a half or something crazy i i listen listen dylan is a brother to me i love him he's family uh but i worry about him when it comes to persona he <laughs> locked himself up for a week cj he did this in a week i know i know and you know i'd, I'd love to have a conversation with him at some point about this game because i i could tell he's passionate about it but i noticed that it's taking you a while to get through it you've yes. taken a break at the moment and i thought perhaps <laughs> yeah. we're on a similar wavelength now you know you've alluded to you know you weren't a big fan of blue reflection you lived in japan for a while i did not expect this game to be as passive as it is there is a lot mm. of dialogue there's a lot of just of i don't know like it's addictive in its own way but now admittedly i'm playing on the safety mode which i believe is not an option in the persona 5 standard version you're playing so I know. I think. I think it is. I don't know if it's called safety, but it's it's like a low threat, whatever. Yeah. Well, I think I think that was my mistake because I just didn't want any pushback, and now as a result, I have no pushback at all. In fact, mm. uh, you can you can seem to set. I've just set Morgana now to operate by herself, and she takes out most of the fights, so I don't even have to do anything, which is you know wow. maybe a little bit, but it, it, it's very it's very cheesable. And then listening to D I didn't know this, but listening because I haven't died yet, it's very hard to die. But D Dylan's saying on your show there that if you die, you just keep going where you are in the fight. I thought, wow, this is uh, this is going to be easy. But what I wanted to ask or whatever else is, how did you how are you finding that element? Did you expect it to be that passive? You know, not really. It has been a hot minute since I have sat down and played a really lengthy JRPG prior to Blue Reflection. You know, I, I think, let's see, I did Blue Reflection in February, and then as soon as I got done with that, I immediately jumped into Persona, which might have been a mistake. But I think they're two different enough games that you, know, it, it, you get two different vibes off of them. But I, yeah, I can't. I literally cannot remember the last JRPG I actually sat down and played to completion prior to Blue Reflection. And I guess in that time, they have evolved a little because, or maybe a lot, who knows, 
because I didn't expect there to be this much, like you said, passive, like kind of time killing character develop moments. I didn't expect there to be that many, right? I expected it was just like, wham, bam, you're a thief, take a thing, do a thing. And then like a little bit of character development or something like that. That that surprised me. Uh, the relationships, the the confidants that you do, where you build relationships with people to get perks and everything, that whole system really surprised me. And then, like you know, just doing doing a, a, a part time jobs to increase your stats and and that kind of thing, that was also a little surprising for me as well. And that and I'm sure some of your listeners are like, Jesus Christ, this guy's out of touch uh, with JRPGs. Has he even like played one or whatever? And and maybe they're right. You know, maybe that's that shows how out of touch I've been with JRPGs. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you make a very good point. This game is a very, it, it's it's like sitting in your house and watching the rain go by. And then as soon as the rain's gone, you go outside and kill a monster. And then it starts raining again. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go back inside and contemplate life for a little while. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the vibe I get off of it. Yeah, it, it's a funny, and and I'm I'm no by 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 no means hating on it because it, it is very polished, and it's a funny thing because you oh yeah you, you're saying about JRPGs and like you know like look I I like the Final Fantasies, I like the Dragon Quest, you know the, the Nino Kuni, but this is a different style of JRPG. This is I mean it's time gated to start with in that you, you do have you know everything's divided into days. Although I found that is actually a lot more flexible than I thought it was going to be. I thought that could be quite intense and again i think this is the difference between perhaps the royal edition and the one you're doing if you're concerned for the platinum my understanding of the royal edition is much easier for the time you can do whatever you want and it'll be okay oh yeah uh, so oh yeah. so that's a good selling yeah and for me there's no way i would ever stack this game so for me i think that this is a good good option or whatever whatever else but but yeah it, it, I'm, I'm not I, I like i was doing and now you're a little bit further ahead than me i'm in the sort of in the second palace almost at the end and i just can't get my teeth into it because you you, you make progress and then they force you out of it to deal with something else and it, it's it's not like a, you know a dragon's quest or whatever else in that sense and then i i did get to the momentos uh which i believe is how you say it, the these procedurally generated dungeon and like that's great like i enjoy that but it's just i, I don't know it's it's I don't I don't know how to explain it. Like every every minute I play it, and I've been putting a lot of time into it. Put like twenty hours in, you know, this week or something into it. But I'm playing it, and in the back of my mind, it's like I, I think I want to go and play Dragon's Quest Eleven again, you know, or I want to go and play, play Final right. Fantasy, and which is strange because it is it's I don't I, I suppose you're watching it. I'm watching it more than playing it. I suppose, which again again is fine. But you know, if you if you're sitting on the fence with this, you know, I, I think you're a bit of a masochist playing the five. <laughs> compared to how much easier the royal is going to be because <laughs> one of the other great yeah. things with the day thing is not I, I don't want to use a guide i've seen the length of those guides they're insane and um, and what you have to do at every possible minute but in this and, and you can correct me i'm not sure if five has this but in the royal edition you, you can play online and uh which is non-pervasive and whenever you have free time you can press the touchpad and it actually comes up with percentages of what everybody else in the world did it on that day at that time so if you're not sure what you should, yeah. oh, that's the same as five. The, the original version has that too. Yeah, That's very yeah. good. I like that function. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Especially when you're just, well, I'm following a guide, but occasionally the guide will say, this thing's going to happen on this day. And it doesn't. So <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like this person's going to IM you with, a, with the, the next thing. And I'm like, okay, great. And then that doesn't happen. And so, <laughs> so I'm sitting here and I'm like, what do I do? I'm like I'm the lost kid at Disney World. I'm like, Mom, Mom, what do I do? 
Well, it's in the back of your mind too is like, I mean, you know, typical JRPG, you have a thousand saves in case something goes wrong. But right. you know, in the back of your mind, because those days are so pervasive over the top, you're like, well, if this doesn't happen or if I miss this, then, then I'm screwed because, you know, a hundred hours later, I'm not coming back. Yeah, exactly. Although I believe exactly. you will have to, because I believe that's a two playthrough, but... It, well, it's like a it's like a one and a half ish. Um, but luckily, with with the the next playthrough, I can literally just skip all the dialogue and I can you know kind of sleep through the days for the most part. Uh, other than some key things, you know, I I I cannot care. I have the 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 um luxury of not giving a shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But as I yeah. said, you know, I'm definitely not dumping on it because the ironic thing is like. You know, every night I've been playing it for four hours or something. And once I start, I can't stop. So it is addictive and it does, it does keep pushing you on, which I like, but it's got a great battle system and really cool characters. Like I'll say that it's, it's definitely got, it's, it, it oozes style. And even if you're not really into JRPGs, you might be into this one. Yeah. The, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about this, because again, I know you play, you know, a fair stack of Japanese games and look, I know that I play a lot of VNs and I know that the. One of the things I like about Japanese games, Japanese developers, is that they, their humor can be very dark and very crude. And I know some people would think it very juvenile or inappropriate <laughs> at times. And yeah. the most recent game I, you know, I played, it was the AI Somnium Files. Now, there are some lines in that that are way over the line for Western games, but but funny. But I, I could see how people would, would not find that sort of amusing. I am shocked so far in 20 hours into this game that it's so G-rated. I thought, now maybe it opens up and changes, but I don't find any of the dialogue to be that risque or anything else. And and that surprised me a little as well. I don't know. Um, You're talking about Persona, right? Persona 5? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's uh, well, <laughs> there's a scene. It does open up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the <laughs> there's There's like a part where you get to a pyramid and there's some risque parts there, and there's a part where everyone goes to the beach, and there's some definitely risque parts there. The characters are like, it, the characters hit on each other and then like smack each other down and deny each other constantly. It's got it's got that weird teenage energy to it where it was like, yeah, you like this, yeah, too bad, and then you're like, wait, why don't you like this? It's got that, it's got that kind of weird energy to it. Oh, well, that that is good to hear because I don't mind that, and I was that's what I've been wanting, I think, to to push me forward so if there is some of that coming up that that is good to oh yeah oh yeah trust me yeah that yeah. is good to hear but look yeah. it, like ryuji and Anne become very complicated characters in that regard later on you're kind of like you're like what's going on here what is this what is this <laughs> well now i now i definitely look forward to it. well I, look i'll continue on with that and we'll we'll see what happens but that's been pretty much pretty much it for me at this stage listeners now why don't we we'll move across just very quickly if you like to hear zach and just pull out maybe one or two new releases we won't won't dwell on this part yeah sure was there you were telling me beforehand what, what, what interests you is there anything here that interests you? yeah so yeah looking at the playstation drop here uh deliver us the moon looks pretty interesting actually i watched the uh the trailer for it before we started recording and i actually realized i had seen the trailer perhaps in a past life i don't know i had a weird flashback but i was like oh i've seen this trailer and and then I forgot about it, but you know, I I really enjoy those um, standalone. Well, not standalone. It's um, I don't like using the term walking simulator because there are games that are experiences that you literally do walk through, and I understand like where that term came from. This seems to be kind of like a a mix between uh, Dead Space and Tacoma. I don't know if you've ever played Tacoma or not. 
Yes, that would be a fantastic combination. Yeah, that, so that's that's kind of that's kind of what this gives me the vibe of because you're you're out in space and it seems like you are alone and you know things are dire and crazy stuff is happening and all that kind of stuff. But it also has that that feeling of Tacoma where it's like you know you're up there by yourself and you've got all these like large forces at play. You know whether it be businesses or aliens or isolation or whatever. Um, and that's what I liked about Tacoma was like there's always that like overwhelming pressure from from corporations for you to do your job. But at the same time you're like I don't want to fucking die. <laughs> You know uh, that, that I really enjoyed that, so I think I think that might be pretty good. We'll see. Uh, I, I might give it a shot. Deliver us the moon. Um, the other one I looked at was Guard Duty, and Guard Duty seems mm. like I don't I don't know what it it's supposed to be. It kind of has my interest just from like this weird. It's got like a a weird point and click adventure vibe. I don't know if that's what it is at all. Yes, it is. It says traditional point and click adventure. Thank God. So. I mean, it, it looks interesting for me. It kind of reminds me of back in the day, like playing the 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 you know buttload of point and click adventures that were available on PCs at the time when I was a kid. I don't know. I, I'm if I get in the mood for a point and click click adventure, I might check this one out as well. But uh, those are the only two really that kind of you know piqued my interest. Yeah, I like the art style in that uh, guard duty. So I may may as well. Yeah. And then listeners, it looks like we we should be hitting the racing time now. The games should be dropping, but obviously with pushes and delays and and games tied to console releases particularly the Forza games, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, it's much slower, but we do have MotoGP 20 dropping, which surprises me. I thought this might have been pushed as well, but it does come, as you can expect, with all of these type of games, most of the list will be glitched on release and it will take months before they fix it. <laughs> so just be prepared for that. And as of 19, they've also started including that hard mode trophy now, which is very, very tough. So that will be interesting to see if that comes back but the game itself is always always very polished and then i know i know somebody folly or something you know folly tried to set up this session for this predator hunting grounds you know it never really happened yeah. i think but look that's coming out as well so we'll we'll see what you know see what happens i don't know I'd, I'd be down to play some predator with y'all and folly I'd, I'd be down for that yeah well what he doesn't seem to understand in australia is it was like 30 gigabytes which you know it's like about four weeks of download here or something oh you know, yeah you know. i didn't think about that i didn't think about that yep. and, and to have it there and of course when you download a demo it's a double whammy because after the time expires you can't play it anymore so yeah so it, it didn't work out which is understandable yeah no i totally get that yeah i guess uh, i guess no fallout 76 wastelanders for you then since that's a 60 gig download (laughs) (laughs) well the the irony is my my ps4 corrupted the other day and i had to to wipe it uh or whatever else it doesn't wipe the games but it fixes that but it wipes the updates to games Uh... as well and because I had Division Two digital, the update is like seventy gigabytes. Oh no! Like, well, that game. Oh, no. I'm never going back to that. So... Oh, no. <laughs> but look, look, that's a perfect segue of sorts into into the loose topic for today. A looter shooter. Look, I think it's a looter shooter. My my knowledge of this series is pretty pretty low. Uh, and this is the Borderlands series. Now, I'm very interested in talking to you, talking to you about this, Zach, because I see you've platinumed all the games. There yes. seems to be a stack of them. So you're obviously a lover of this series. I played a little bit. The art style obviously very distinctive. I don't need to tell people what the game is because they know it. The, the you know the humor, it, it's funny or whatever else. But for some reason, it never captured me. But but what is it that captures you in this series? What do you love about this series? You know, honestly, it was the the characters, and I'll admit, um, much to you know, this will completely 
discredit me as a, as a, an adult and a human, but you know, that the, the really just dumb poo poo toilet humor that was in the first one, <laughs> like it's just so off the walls and you're just like, wow, actually human beings had to like write these lines out and then say them, you know? Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, like it, 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 there's definitely stuff past that as well. The 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 looter shooter genre, I think, really got its kickoff with the first Borderlands because Borderlands took the mechanics of looter shooter and then they added on the fact that you had this uh, light RPG element of, you know, putting in perks and 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 that kind of thing and making a version of your like taking a, basically a frame of one of the the four main characters and then making your own version of it right with with colors and things like that and then they of course added on that with the first borderlands with the the remake they now have the the ability to have hats on and, and that kind of stuff so you can go back to those first four characters and have a really good time but i think borderlands i think it's writing and it's really really sharp shooting mechanics make it you know the success that it is one thing that i wondered about in this game that i didn't get into and similar to monster hunter is that that i wondered is it and i know there's a strong single player story that's why i'm more attracted to this than monster hunter world but is it a game you can enjoy solo do you think or is it better as a co-op experience oh absolutely i did not play with other people until let's see here so i played the first borderlands back when i had an xbox in college I think that was around like 09 to 2010, maybe. But I played through the first one completely solo. And then I played the second one completely solo. And it wasn't until I really got into trophy hunting later down the road, around 2011, you know, 2012, I, I went back and I think I got the, I think I got Borderlands 2 on PS4 with the Handsome Jack collection. And the very first time I went online was I called up a buddy of mine. I was in grad school in San Francisco and I called a buddy of mine in, in, back in Tennessee. And I was like, hey, you've got Borderlands 2 for PS4, right? And he was like, yeah, I don't play it anymore. I was like, cool, I need you to play it for me. <laughs> and so, you know, I got in there and I, I revived him a couple of times and uh, I dueled him or something like that. And I got the, the last couple of trophies. Um, but, you know, from the first release up until that point in grad school, which was like 2016, I had completely played offline and i it's it's incredibly easy to enjoy this series by yourself offline if you want to if that's your jam is it the sort of game like division where you can and i believe it is so it's sort of a leading question where you can drop items and stuff like that so you can you can basically severely boost yourself by playing with another person that's more advanced in the series or the game in the older versions yes uh in the newer versions they have kind of they haven't necessarily discouraged it, but they've made it harder for that to happen. And now what they do is with the um, with Borderlands 3, I believe, and maybe with the remake of Borderlands 1, I can't remember off the top of my head. Now they've got this way where it's like, if you've got a buddy that's level 50 and you're level 10 or something like that, they've scaled the difficulty to make it to where everyone has like an equal challenge and the loot is split equally and that kind of stuff. But if you don't want to play like that, you can go back to the classic mode and, you know, beat the shit out of your friends and challenge each other over loot and that kind of stuff. If, if that floats your boat. So I would say that it's possible to do that. Maybe in the older games, uh, it's more easy to do that, but in the newer ones, it takes a little bit of working around to do that. Okay, now with with recently, I think last year they ported the original Borderlands to PS4, so now all the games are available on PS4, is my understanding. Yep. the The art style obviously very distinct throughout them. 
is there and, and i do want to focus on on three but out of out of all of them what's your favorite and is it a situation where you really need to play them in order or are there certain ones you should play so my favorite is probably two because handsome jack is a very strong charismatic villain and he's one of those guys that you love to hate and it was a very interesting there's a lot of good plot twists there's a, there's interesting he has interesting reasons for being a villain and i think that's what makes a good villain in any kind of genre or, or medium or whatever i highly recommend playing the games in order uh just because that, that that's a natural progression to you know everything that's built up you know all the all the subplots and all the uh, the character development that happens in the later entries and things like that it makes more sense when you do that so it, it makes more sense to play it you know borderlands 1 borderlands 2 play your pre-sequel to kind of gap those two together and then play borderlands 3 to round it out and you can play tales from the borderlands basically after borderlands 2 or whatever yeah and, and i'll say this tales from the borderlands telltale games i've talked about it on my on my podcast you know, I, I have I have had a I had a really strong love for them and then we kind of broke up for a little while. We had to go see other people and then, you know, they they basically sat outside my bedroom with a boombox playing Baby Come Back and they showed me that they had a Borderlands game and I was like, All right, fine and I came back and then they went back to their old their old cheating ways and I had to break it off for good and then they died. Uh yeah. <laughs> But, um, but you know, it's uh, Tales from the Borderlands. I think is one of Telltale's best games, and it is definitely it helps flesh out the world of Borderlands. It doesn't provide anything new in in the terms of like Telltale games or anything like that. But if you're a Borderlands fan, or if you're more interested in learning about like how wacky the world of Borderlands can be, I think it's a wonderful time. I it's I had more fun with this than I did with Borderlands Three. So. There's that hot take. <laughs> well, interesting. That's opened the door there. Now, you know, as I prefaced at the start, listeners, this is not a, a series that I have experience with. So, you know, if you're if you're a seasoned player, he'll have to excuse my missteps as a, as I learn here more from Zach. But I, I have platinum. The only one I have platinum is the Telltale one. I thought that was fantastic. Now, what I I want to ask because I know it is level based. This game as well. You you acquire levels. Looking now at three here the most recent one how does the level progression work as far as quests is there power leveling involved in this game or is it all pretty natural progression it gets for three it's pretty natural until you try to reach level 50 and then you have to do you know your second playthrough or you have to just farm enemies or you know play with a friend and kind of boost the 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 strength of enemies so you can get more xp from killing them this was the only borderlands game i had a really rough time leveling in and i don't know if it's because when i first got it they just hadn't scaled it right i don't know if i i I don't i don't know i don't know what the cause was but you know i got to i'm looking at the the gap here right and so like i got to level 25 let's see here on september 27th right and i didn't reach level 50 until october 28th you know and that that's a pretty it's a pretty large gap. It, it, it just, it took me forever to get that trophy. And I think that was actually, no, that wasn't the last trophy I needed, but you know, it was one of the, the, the few last ones. So three didn't have natural progression, but two pre-sequel, the, the first borderlands, they all had pretty easy progression. Now with borderlands three, having DLC, maybe you can play through the DLC after the main story. And that'll help you, you know, progress to uh, the level 50 in a more natural, you know, easygoing way. But uh, I'm talking to just from my experience, the, the vanilla base game, um, it was it was a little, it was a rough time. I, I didn't have fun. I'll say that I just didn't have fun. 
I know that some of the other games require you to, to level up different characters in different playthroughs, I believe. I hope I'm not going out on a stretch there. Four trophies. Is that the case in this? You don't actually have to do this in this one other than get to level 50, though, do you? You could just pick one character and... I don't... I don't think so. I gotta, I'm gotta. i looking through the, the list again here, and no, I don't think so. No. That was, that was one, I'll say, thorn in my side with the older entries because you had to, like... God, especially Borderlands 2. You had to like bump your characters up to at least 30, maybe 40 to do what they were asking to do. And so, on one hand, it's genius because it encourages people to go do multiple playthroughs of different characters. And you're like, ah, I see what you're doing here. But on the other hand, if you're, again, if you're here for trophies, it's a bad time. It's just a bad time. Okay. Well, let's get to that because you, you've already said this, this perhaps is not your favorite one. So, trophies aside for a second. What what do you not like about the game then? Or is it all tied up in that you don't like the trophies? Okay, for Borderlands 3, honestly, there was very few trophies that I was you know annoyed by. Um, there was one, let's see here, uh, Tales from the Iridian Slab. You know, you don't get this. So you get these like slabs um, all throughout all the different maps and everything. And they have these like ancient stories about the, uh, the Iridian race and all that stuff. And you don't get the decoder for it until... I think it's like 80% through the main story or something like that. So then you got to backtrack through all these maps, and some of them don't have any respawn points. So you literally have to go from the beginning of the map to the end of the map um, and walk your way along mm-hmm. just to go scan this little thing and get a little bit of lore. And so that got it kind of annoying. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was just like terrible. I got glitched out several times during the, tro- uh, the Trophy Slaughterhouse 3, which is where you complete all the Circles of Slaughter. Uh, you know, circles of slaughter for the uninitiated is when you walk into an arena and they just keep throwing more monsters or enemies or robots, depending on which which one it is. They'll they'll keep throwing them at you, and your job is to basically just kill everything and survive. And uh, you you face an insane amount of enemies. I was on the last round of the last circle of slaughter five or six different times, and then it would glitch out on me. The the enemies would not spawn or i'd kill them or they all of a sudden just weren't taking damage for any reason so that one was kind of annoying discovering all the named locations that one can be a little glitched as well you know i i got them kind of like in the wrong order because i was like okay i got all these all these locations and then it didn't pop and so i had to go back to a certain location and it was like you've discovered this thing even though i already had and then it it popped that I discovered all the locations, and then that particular area, I discovered all the locations in that area. And I was like, okay, that, that's great. That makes me look like I've earned all this legitimately. <laughs> but I, at this point, I don't care. I, I, I don't care. Like, if yeah. someone's going to go through the dates on my trophies, like, go for it, I guess. <laughs> but, um, you know, whatever. My, you know, Occasionally, my PS4 just craps the bed, and it just doesn't want to do it, you know. Uh, but, yeah, there was trophies like that, collect-a-thon kind of trophies that weren't that fun. This last one here, uh, rewards cards. So you have to earn a loyalty package from each weapon manufacturer. So in Borderlands, you have like, I think it's like seven to 10 weapons manufacturers and they all have different gun styles. So like a Jacob's gun, it's, um, you know, as fast as you can pull the trigger, it's a super accurate, super strong gun, but maybe it's got like a small clip size and no elemental damage. Uh, Malawan are the guys that make all the elemental guns ever, and they do all sorts of crazy elemental damage, but maybe they're not that strong outside of the elemental damage. So you have to get so many kills with each type of, which with each brand of gun. I think it's like 100 kills or something like that with each brand of gun. And then you earn a rewards 
card or a reward gun from them and you have to do that with each brand of gun and that's kind of annoying because again that's forcing you to play in a play style that you may not like or using a brand of gun that you may not enjoy so that was kind of annoying other than that though trophies were okay for this game uh honestly the 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 biggest problem for me was maybe the story uh and the way that this game panned out that's what i was sort of i wondered because that's what would interest me if the story is worth playing now just because you mentioned all those those specific things for trophies what's the tracking like in this game and one of the constant complaints i heard at, at release now i don't know if this has been fixed or if this could even be fixed but the ui the menu system was not fantastic so what is the tracking like and and do you have any comments on that oh god the the tracking was okay for things like um you've got these trophies called uh, got big game and zeroed in right and these are basically like you go out and you you do these legendary hunts or these like assassination missions or whatever and that was pretty straightforward and easy because when you got the thing their head was on a wall or their wanted poster said killed right and and that was okay but you had a you know like the the rewards card thing uh that going back to that you had no way to track which ones you had unless you were doing it yourself right uh, unless you like kept the email or kept the gun and made a mental note like okay this is the thing i got from them or something like that or if you wrote it out there's no way to track that i'm trying to think how else uh what else was there um the iridian slabs one uh again kind of wonky sometimes sometimes you you'd scan a thing and it wouldn't register and then you'd have to go back and like scan a different thing and then all of a sudden it was registered right and again this is all stuff that perhaps is fixed now now the game's probably been out for a while and been patched and all that good stuff but it just wasn't the best i'll say that it, it that, the biggest part about the ui that was annoying for me was navigating the maps in your inventory because it took forever to load it was kind of wonky to look through and deal with and sort through um it they somehow took a really good ui from borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel and then just straight up made it worse uh, in Borderlands 3. <laughs> okay, so what? obviously this series is very well loved by people that, that play these games, and I know that you made a comment I listened to a few months ago where you said that, you know, if you're a fan of this game, you know, it's fine or whatever, but if you're, if you're not familiar with this series, uh, this, this particular one, 3, it, it, you, you may not be much here for you. Do, you. do you still subscribe to that? Do you think this is, a, would this be a perhaps a difficult game to get into if it's your first one? or perhaps maybe not absolutely. worthy of the time yeah no absolutely um you know this is a game that is made for people that have played all the, the all the borderland stuff um it it's not impossible to walk in here blind and come out with something that you enjoy that's that's not what i'm saying at all but what i'm saying is that you are more likely to get what they intended for you to get uh if you've played all the prior you know releases if you haven't then you know these characters are going to pop up out of nowhere and you're going to be like you know everyone else at the end of the, the first avengers movie you're going to see the big purple guy and you're going to go who's that who's that guy what, what, what is that you know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so uh it, that's basically what's going to happen you're going to see these characters and for people like myself that you know were you know following all these characters and all the different games you're going to be like yeah 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 and then you know for you the person that just dropped in on borderlands 3 you're going to be like i don't why is it significant this person came back? What does it matter? Yes. yes. It's like one of those what the fuck moments and then just carry on. Yeah, right. You know, I, right. I, I have quite a few of those. The other thing I just noticed here in the guide, it says 45 hours. I was assuming this game was like 100 hours. Is that around? Is that about correct? 45? I would, I would say it took me about 50 to 60. 
Yeah. Um, because, I, because again, stuff was not registering. It takes a long-ass time to walk to places. Uh, at least when I was playing it, it took forever. There was one map in particular. This isn't spoiling anything, but you go to a monastery, right? And um, there's literally just the point where you warp in at, and that's it. There's no like, there's no other checkpoints or or, or check-in places or anything like that. And so, literally, I'd have to walk through that entire freaking level to get one collectible. Turn around, go back, and then you know it'd be like, "Oops, it didn't register," or "Oops, there's some other stuff out there that on this this other list that you need to get the platinum." And you'd be like, "Son of a bitch!" And so you go back and you have to walk through that entire level again, killing all the same enemies again, just so you can go get the little you know bobble or dingle or whatever to add to the list that's not that's not enjoyable now i know i know you haven't touched the dlc here so we can just we can just scoop over this if you like or i don't know if you know about it i mean i'll talk this is what i'll Mm. say about it borderlands 2 and pre-sequel had really good dlc pre-sequel less than than two but both of them had really good dlc and what made people excited for that dlc was the fact that you had new characters coming in right and I think it's a humongously bonehead move that they have decided they're not going to have any new characters on the DLC for Borderlands 3. They've like straight up just said, no, we're not letting you have any new playable characters. And when you go from, it's like what we talked about with fighting games, right? Mm. When you go from a roster of like, you know, anywhere from six to, to eight really cool characters, all with different play styles to four and that's it again it's like why why are you doing this why didn't you just go ahead and make another dlc character or at least like even one character would have been would have been great right if they were like this is the one this is the the only one that we're doing right and it's coming at the end of this first season of dlc that would have been fine i i could have forgiven it then but they're just straight up like no we're just doing more stories and more missions and more checklists i'm just like no no you guys don't get a pass on that one for me that was, I mean, that was the fun part about the earlier games. You get these trailers for these characters. There's a video out there for Borderlands 2. It's called Meet Bicycle for Two. And it's this, <laughs> it's this psycho. You've gone through the whole game killing psychos. And then plot twist, you get to play a psycho. And, you know, half of his thoughts are saying crazy shit like, you know, I, I've got the biggest beat meat bicycle or I'm the conductor of the poop train or whatever. Right. And then you go out and kill stuff. That was part of the fun of Borderlands is getting to play all these crazy, cool, different characters. And now they've, you know, basically cut themselves at the heel doing this by saying, no, these are the four that you get. And that's it. So That's it. Yeah. I noticed that this game, I was wondering how all the, the, the DLC and stuff work because I know, I mean, it's only been out seven months. I actually feels like it's been out longer, but seven months, I see. And yeah. I mean, it, quite often across all, I mean, I know it was on Steam sale recently and it's been on PS4 back and forth, including the season pass and everything on huge sales and things like that. So uh, that always scares me <laughs> on, a, on a big game like this when, when it's that, that season right. on sale. But it is... It is interesting for me because I think there's some really big series like, you know, you've got your, your Fallouts, you've got, you know, your Assassin's Creed or whatever else. And you do have Borderlands and it's, it's a series that I've never been able to penetrate into for, for whatever reason. And, and, you know, I've always looked on, looked on from afar about it. But like, I, and I don't want to come across here as arrogant or rude or anything, but no, and, no, I was reading a little bit of a, a, an article beforehand and it sort of suggested that, and, and Please correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is really almost like no brain fun. Like you jump in, have a laugh. You, you know, sure, if you understand the full lore and stuff, but at, at the basis, it's just raw fun like that. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Oh yeah. Or oh no, absolutely. You 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 can you can jump in, shoot some stuff, listen to a fart joke, and go ha ha. 
yeah. <laughs> you know um but there is there for people that want the complicated lore and the the character development that stuff's there too so it's it 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 sate, it sates both palettes and i think that's what was genius about it and that's also what kind of kind of an, annoyed me about borderlands 3 was that it just seemed to be more for the people that have played the the previous you know three or four games it didn't seem to be approachable for newcomers and then the story got just so convoluted so quickly good well look i want to thank you for that because i said you know it is a staple and i know many many people have played it but i I think it's a staple as i said that many gamers haven't and and we just sit on the fringe and look in so it is it is fantastic to hear a little bit more about it and what's actually going on on over there and of course listeners if you are interested in that game i would highly recommend just holding off on buying it until it comes on sale because i think at a point there's that every week last month or something various parts of it were on sale so i i don't yeah no i mean that's the nice thing borderlands is almost always yeah. on sale uh whether it be pc or xbox or ps4 or whatever it's almost always on sale it's it's a it's a cheap approachable series i would recommend playing the first one first obviously just so you can like kind of get an idea for everything the first game is gonna be kind of dry uh comparatively because like the the crazy moments are are a little bit farther in between but once you play through the first game and you kind of get a a taste for what the world is like and and you get through all that dry humor you get hit with two and it'll hit you like a train you're like whoa and and two is just fantastic pre-sequels fantastic and then again the telltale game tales from the borderlands fantastic it all encapsulates this high energy high octane fun you know uh with with fart jokes there you know see if you can fall into it there, there's hundreds of hours of entertainment to keep you busy during this this lockdown this crisis Absolutely. i suppose yeah that's fan, that's fantastic so look listeners you know if you as i said at the start if you're if you're fully into that series i hope i hope you found zach's uh you know opinions informative obviously i was just floundering a little bit but it is it is interesting for me to find out more about that that game and i did make a joke last week that you know i i do have three and i downloaded it and it's a massive download and you know so I, i'm scared <laughs> to delete it but i'm also scared to st- i think i started it briefly but i, I need i'm sorry if it. you guys like borderlands 3 i apologize <laughs> in advance you know i if you like it that's good i'm glad you got more enjoyment than i did <laughs> it doesn't matter what they think we just talk here zach we, it's about what we think uh, okay. not about what they feel i just I, i'm just i'm just <laughs> waiting for like a claptrap shaped brick to come through my window <laughs> Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. It'd be fantastic. So look, why don't we, if I, if I haven't bent your ear too far, why don't we move across to these platinum, uh, the push to platinum club shout outs. And if you, if you would like to join me, Zach, that would be great. Yeah. We're just, just listing through, obviously if this interests you listeners and you haven't done so already, you can join the free community on the PS4. I understand the app now on phones and stuff is a bit random or doesn't work. So if it's easier, you can, um, you can just drop it in the Discord as well. There is a there is a thread there. Now we've got a we've got a few here. Please jump in if you if you have any opinions on any of these games. It will start with the East Side or Easty and uh, six uh, number six hundred and thirty eight Suicide Guy Sleeping Deeply number six hundred and thirty nine Energy Cycle Edge. So so we refer to these as spam here, Zach. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have yep. an opinion on this garbage. But then number six hundred and forty. It's it's nice to see he finally he got through, he got through this Final Fantasy twelve seventy six hours including trials. Still one of the worst. Nice. Well, yes. Well, then he goes on to say, still one of the worst Final Fantasy games he's ever played. So, <laughs> I, think, I think that's... Oof. Don't let my wife hear that. She she no. loves Final Fantasy twelve. She absolutely loves Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah. It's nothing, honey. Everyone loves Final Fantasy twelve. What's he saying? Uh, not, no, he didn't say anything. It's a, it's a, it's a listener. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. 
Hey, don't don't pull your headphones out. Don't beat me up. <laughs> they said that it was. <laughs> they said that they they said Final Fantasy twelve was their least favorite Final Fantasy oh, title. Oh, hey, hey, don't, don't say that. That's all right. It's the internet. It's the internet. You can't drop the f bomb. Okay. All right. Love you. Go back to Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, that, that was actually the first game my wife played uh, when I first met her. She was just all about Final Fantasy twelve, and she was playing. She still is. She says she was playing it on the PlayStation two just nonstop all the time. She loved Final Fantasy twelve. Look, look, I agree. I, I, I really enjoyed it as well. But look, I understand the mechanics or whatever else. I mean, the more interesting question now, Zach, is uh, how much free time have you managed to secure for that 60 bucks the Animal Crossing cost you? And, uh, and uh, was it worth it? <laughs> um, actually, it was. Oh, she's, she's laid a copy of Final Fantasy XII on Switch on my keyboard here. I didn't even know she had this. Uh, <laughs> your, your, your credit card will know about that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's, we do not have a shared bank account, so I'll be a fine. <laughs> but anyway, um, but anyway um, I you know, Animal Crossing has been a good experience for me because it's something I can only I only have to put in like thirty minutes to an hour if I feel like it, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to in the in, for the day. So so far, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I I like it a lot because I can just sit in my chair play it for like 30 40 you know minutes and then i'm like cool and then i just put it back on the dock and i can play something on playstation if i want or i can read or i can do something else yeah my wife my wife's being supportive and also not supportive so you know okay. sorry <laughs> no look look i understand and we'll, we'll talk later but i'm gonna have to book your wife for an episode i think at some point you know that'll be, it'll be <laughs> fantastic i'm gonna have to book you for an episode <laughs> at some point a, a switch exclusive episode perhaps that would be fantastic. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> then we move on to a zador vp now number 460 this is an interesting one disaster report for summer memories great series great game the translation had some errors though are you familiar with this japanese series at all exactly. not a disaster report yeah, does yes. I I've seen the cover art for this, but uh that nothing past that. So uh fill me in here. Well, look, I would love to because I picked it up on recommendation and someone said to me, CJ, uh, the other day, CJ, what type of game is this? And I said, look, I don't know at all, <laughs> which is I, I think it's a quasi <laughs> the I, I think it's a little like uh, AI the Somnium files and it's a quasi VN but there's moving around and stuff as well. Uh okay. so but it, but it has been a series that hasn't been localized, you know, for, for a, a large amount of time. And now this one uh, in particular has. So look, it There's comes a with a lot of costumes. I just typed this into PlayStation Store. There's like a bazillion costumes here. There is. And I think most of them come for free with the game. So that, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a good point. But he did. I know he did enjoy that also. And I think it's around 20-ish hours or something. Uh, listeners, so a lot of reading, I believe, though, in that one. But a crazy Japanese humor, he told me too. So I look forward to that. Okay. Then we have uh, Mindy, the mind is a city, uh, number six hundred, <laughs> number six hundred and eleven Lego DC villains Asia stack, three sta- three stacks nice. down, one to go. Can you imagine playing that t- game three times? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. She stacked it three times. Yes, yes, already. This oh god, that game. Oh god. Have you played it? It's- oh, Mindy. Long. Mindy, oh, look, 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 look! I love Lego games. I haven't played that one in particular yet. Um, I'm, I'm still gonna probably play Marvel two before I jump into that one. But um, how? <laughs> Just three times. I love Lego games, but I don't love them that much. No, <laughs> you know? It must be a favorite, a favorite of hers. Wow. 
I, it must be really, really good. Yeah. That's all I can say. There's just so much DLC. I couldn't imagine doing it three times or four times. No, thank you. No, thank crazy, you. Crazy, crazy. And then number 612, this is a fun one, Glass Masquerade 2. Uh, and she's put here, I keep seeing things at curves. Obviously, this is a, a puzzle game, an extension from the, the first Glass Masquerade, which was a jigsaw puzzle game of the stained glass windows in churches across oh, yeah. across Europe. Yeah, yeah. It's good. This one is tougher, a plat, because you have to play it all on hard. But uh, 31 or so puzzles, it, it's still very relaxing. Uh, relaxing there. Then Ed the Shed two oh one four. This is. I love to see Zach that I'm inspiring people to play like this. Number eighty four to eighty six. Blind Men. That's the EU NA and Vita stacks. Number eighty seven. Hoggy two. The EU stack. Number eighty eight and eighty nine. Gravity Duck. EU NA stacks. Really fun to game, and that would have taken him probably three minutes for all those plats. I'm guessing. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at Blind Men, and uh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's worth a read. There's some pretty saucy material in there, actually. Mmm, <laughs> two romance, two romanceable characters. Yes. It says, yes. Yes. and there, 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 there's a bit of a, a sexual ambiguity there as well uh, with the characters and their romancing. So it's not, all right. not a performance. Right. I'm situation. down for this <laughs> <laughs> at all. Wow. Uh, this next one, Osero. Uh, now he he told me this is a very good game. I'd never heard of it before, but it's been out for some time. Number six hundred and sixty, Smoke and Sacrifice. I have heard of this. I think my little brother actually was trying to get me into playing this one. I'm gonna do a quick search here. Um, An RPG. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I've heard of it, and I don't. I haven't heard enough to assess whether or not people like it or not. But I've heard of it. I'll say that. Yeah. No, he's a big, big fan of it. In fact, he wishes there was a, another stack. He said one of the best things he's played this year. So uh, that's a that's a hot tip. Uh, smoke and sacrifice. The real free spooky five U number forty nine rhyme. I uh, got it earlier this week, hoping posting it will force me to get 50 soon. I don't know. From what I've heard of that game, that might just finish you off. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't. I could not finish it. Like, I just, there was something about it. I, it's not a hard game. It's a very visually interesting game. But past that, I couldn't, I couldn't push myself to keep going for some reason. Yeah, that's a that's a common a common thing that I hear. Uh, Eigen Space number one hundred and one Bastion. That's a fantastic a fantastic. Let's game. do it. That person has great taste. I don't I don't care what anyone else says. Kids, all right. Yes. Well, no. She she plays some fantastic games. In fact, for her platinum one hundred, she she did one of the Tales games, the JRPG Tales okay. games. I forget. Yeah. And wrote a wrote a guide for it. I mean, those games are hundreds of hours as it is, and then put a full guide and, and everything in. So crazy. But uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm styling Yabro. It's, it's a great name. Fantastic name. Number two hundred and seven B Simulator Hive. Now he's put here Hive H I V E Hive. Loved this simulation. The, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Zach. I like this guy because initially I thought he was trolling the fuck out of me, but right. now I think we have a similar sense of humor because he's been in the Discord a bit, and he's he's also uh, he did this constructor uh, constructor three game the other day, yeah. or something, and he's writing a guide for it, and he he shared some of his lines, and he's obviously he, he's very close to the line with his language, and I enjoy it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading his guide and and what what editing will happen on various sites. Jesus. I'm sure. I remember I saw I saw B Simulator and I was surprised to see that that was actually a physical game at some point, like at Walmart. They yes. were like, "Yeah, you could buy this physical." I was like, "This is a joke, right? This is Walmart pulling a prank on me right now." <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only heard two people talk about this game and played it, and both of them enjoyed it, so it it must be okay. Uh, I guess, I, I suppose. Hmm, I, I don't know. Azura Von number forty-two, Final Fantasy VII remake. So that's that's well done, sir, because I understand the hard mode is no joke. 
in that game at all. Is this yep. game, uh, you know, I mean, this game's on every gamer's list, I suppose, Zach. Is this on your list as well? Or uh, I, yeah, I've, I kind of delayed my purchase because uh, I was trying to focus on some other stuff. And then I got my, uh, I got my wonderful Trump bucks, as everyone's been calling them. Uh, and so He has so, your uh, vote yeah. secured, does he? Excellent. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, do, do what you want politically. I hate everyone equally. But, you know, yeah, no, I, I got the check in and then I was like, okay, sure. So I bought that for my wife to, my wife and I to play together. Trump bucks. I love that. That's fantastic. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Before. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful uh and then we we have here redbeard rick number 134 snaky bus i understand one of the trophies rick caused you a bit of trouble look that's that's in your favor uh we've talked about this before the higher spammer gamer you are the less of problem these particular spammy trophies are wait 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 what is rick playing what is yeah, this snaky bus so you know you're not familiar with the famous snaky bus this is a, a fantastic i no what is this it's a bus <laughs> I can't believe you. This could be game of the year. I mean, so many things are getting delayed. This is a high possibility now for game of the year. Oh my good God. Is this snake with just a bus and you run over stuff? Is that all it is? Well, the, the bus gets longer and longer. So it's, it's a bit like. So it's snake. It's snake yeah. yeah. With the bus. Yeah. 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 And you jump over the bus. Oh my God. It's fantastic. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> this is $12 I don't need to spend. No, no, no. See, look, that's the danger of coming on this show. You find out about all this sort of garbage. Uh- <laughs> no, this is terrible. I want to play this. <laughs> it really doesn't do you. Yeah. Cut to half an hour later oh and, and you, uh, you've played a snake, snakey bus. But- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> don't that's what happens. Don't judge so me. I was on a day one. <laughs> <laughs> number one hundred, number one hundred and thirty-five. Splatterhouse. He's persisting with the PS3. It's good. Somebody is. Uh, great voice cast. Really gory. Fantastic metal soundtrack and boogies. Good times. There you go. And uh, number one hundred and thirty-six. Cat Quest Two. Which uh, it's very good. The Cat, I'm not sure if you played the Cat Quest games. Exactly. They're, they're good. I've played a little of the first one, uh, and I actually really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down to finish the first one, and then jump into that second one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like an RPG for a person on a time limit. They're only about five or six hours. Yep, basically, yeah, they're perfect. Yeah. Then uh, Boston George. Now we, we should congratulate him because his Final Fantasy VII finally came. Otherwise, he'd probably be swinging from the noose about now. But yeah, probably. <laughs> I love this number one. Bless his heart. It is, you know, he, his backlog is huge. He owns basically every other game on the system, but instead he decides that he'll play this. And number one hundred and sixty-nine, tabletop racing. This is the shit that I'm doing while I wait for Final Fantasy VII <laughs> to be delivered to me four days late. Now, as you can attest, because he's a, a regular in your uh, Discord, uh, there's Zach. He he has been getting a little bit tense with this. He had, he had. Um, now listen, I have actually met boston george he actually came to my hometown and he uh he chilled with uh dylan and i we got tacos he really really wonderful very patient kind man good father and all that stuff he was getting very agitated about final fantasy 7 (laughs) and so i'm glad that he took a break from discord and just let the game come on in i was afraid what was going to happen uh but i'm glad he got it so i hope he enjoys it Yes, yeah, no, he's lovely. He has, has been a guest on the show, and I believe his daughter also beat uh, your co-host in a foot race. Is that correct? She did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she blesses. Oh God! So she just started running, and then Dylan ran after her, and then Dylan was like, "I'm already tired," and he just flops over. And I was like, "Dylan, Dylan," and I said, "This is not a joke. He could be dying." <laughs> In any other situation, you know, just just having met someone you've met online chasing after your child could be considered dangerous. But you know, in this, it's 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 totally acceptable. Oh no, she 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 
like thumped him as far as racing goes. She just left him in the dust and uh, poor Dylan just died right there. I had to bring him back to life. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. I love it. Now, we're, we're almost there. It's been, a, it's been a big week. This is what happens when people are locked in. They, they play a lot of games. Right. Uh, Dino Raw, number 609, sorry, sorry, number 965, Infliction. Scariest game I've ever played. If this was in VR, it would be amazing. Well, no. Fiction. Look, it... it it's it's not good, and it, it's a it's a couple of dollars. It's a spam title. Now, the thing you got to know about Dino Raw is that he is a very very competent spam gamer. He uh, has you know nine hundred and sixty four spam parts. He, he's a bit like me, so okay, that's a mark right. of respect. Obviously, not not criticism, but uh, yes, this is no Resident Evil Seven. I can tell you that much. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is, and it also to be honest with you, that's a good part there, Dino, because it's not that easiest of spam that guys walking around. It's a little frustrating. So well done on that one. Uh, number 970, Blind Men, a rat of VN that takes five minutes to plat. No, I, oh, I should have read this first. No idea what the story was about because I didn't read it. That really sums him up. Nice. Completely. Nice. So, <laughs> nice. Well done on the trophies. Congratulations, sir. Uh, then Dat One Seagull, uh, another big one here. Number 243, Mass Effect 3. Woof. Yes. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> He has been working on that for some time, and he's doing the DLC, I believe, now. Props. Clean that up. Mad props. Mm. I love how we get a couple of skilled people in this. They're obviously come to the wrong place, you know, with Mass Effect. <laughs> and then yeah, Zoot Day, number 31, Neo 2. Oh, wow. It's another massive, massive one as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then rounding us out, we have Kalai here from uh, the host from Game Stuff podcast, the wonderful game stuff on the Proven Gamer Network with Terminator Resistance. Now, I know Kalai has no interest in trophies uh, and achievements overall, so the fact that she platinumed this game means that it must be through natural natural progression, but it is, um, I don't know if you know this one or not, Zach, it's the one from last year, the Terminator movie tie-in game. Oh yeah, no, Dylan Dylan platinumed it and he, uh, he said it was pretty good. Yeah, it, it's decent, yeah. I mean, it, not at a full price that it came out at, but I believe it's a lot cheaper now. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it's worth it's worth the time. So look, we made it, Zach. You know, uh, you did well. I know that we tend to you know run Thank a little you. longer. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I survived. I'm glad I meet your approval. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. No, no, no. Of course, of course. Look, and I'm just glad that I could share with you, Snakey Bus. Uh, yeah. No. Listen, this is open on my tab here. Okay. This is this is gonna happen one way or another, Snakey uh, Bus. And know, know that this is your fault when you see this. <laughs> another poor life decision influenced by CJ. Look, look at it, yep. add it to yep. the list. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do want to thank you, Zach, for giving up your time. I really, I really do appreciate it. It is, it is fantastic to, to be able to talk to you. We've just had one listener uh, question come in while we're recording. It's an anonymous question, but if you'll indulge it sure. just to finish, I'd sure. love. They just said, why have you never had an Australian on the podcast and when will that happen? Ah, well, um, that mostly is because of my fault, uh, a.k.a. I'm terrible at scheduling, and uh, I literally have, like, a small window every week to record, and usually that's forcing Dylan out of bed. Um, <laughs> like, he, he, he walks in, records, and then he goes and passes out for six hours or whatever. So um, that's why. I, I would love to have CG on the show. Uh, we're just, I'm terrible at scheduling. Dylan is terrible at meeting a normal schedule so it will happen eventually uh i'm hoping later this year after all this COVID stuff happens and maybe if we all survive you know if we don't then that'll be my last dying regret is not having cj on my show well that's a wonderful answer but you didn't let me read the second part of the question oh shit my bad my bad (laughs) 
the question, the second part of the question from the anonymous questioner was, any Australian will do any Australian but CJ. So, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, one of the other twenty million people is available, obviously. All right, all right. I'll um, I'll just go on down to Sydney and I'll find a person. I'll put a microphone in front of their face. <laughs> This may be the listener that has requested numerous times for a copy, a, a special copy of the show each week with me edited out. So I don't know if you've come across that yet. Perhaps not on your, your no, show. I, but... I, I, think, uh, I think the people that don't like me just do it very, uh, very quietly, <laughs> if, yeah. if there are any out there. So. Uh, it's all, all, in, all in good fun. So look, Zach, if our listeners are trying to find you and they don't know about the wonderful podcast, obviously, how can they find you? Where are you? Where are you at? God, so Platcast is on most major podcast providers. Uh, you know, we, our 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 host site is SoundCloud. If nothing else, if you can't find us, you know, find us on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes and and Google Play and all that good stuff. You can find Platcast on Twitter at at Platcast, of course. And um, you know, Dylan is at Chernobyl Ninja. Give him give him a shout out. Say hey, that you know, sorry we missed you on this episode or whatever. I love that man. He he helps keep the show afloat for sure. And then if you're interested in any other shows I do, I do, um, I've got two other, or no, sorry, three other podcasts currently going. So I've got a comic book film podcast called Panel Pictures, and that's where my good friend Cody and I talk about comic book movies and comic books in general. Uh, I also have a podcast called Pop Alacha, which is like, you know, combining the words pop culture and Appalachia. And it's where my friend Cassie Kay and I, we talk about Appalachia and Southern people and pop culture and that kind of thing. And then uh, Joe, who is a frequent guest slash co-host on Platcast as well, he and I do a podcast called Movie Podcast Working Title. And uh, that's a show where we just basically re- review movies and talk about film and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you want to check out any of those, I'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Those are all my, let me check my box here. Yep, those are all the plugs I got. So You're very busy. No wonder you don't have time for a JRPG with all this. Uh, this that's these, exactly what it is. <laughs> these projects. Now, what you can do for me, Zach, you know, when, when you go back sure. to the podcast headquarters there, the offices, you can just tap Dylan on yeah. the shoulder and tell him that I haven't forgotten. I will be, I will be contacting him and imposing myself on him as well okay uh, so now maybe the time to, to block my messages if he if he so wishes <laughs> if you're if, if you're if you're looking for our show of course we're available on all good podcast providers if you want to come and say hi you can reach out to us on twitter at push to push the number two plat or you can jump in the discord there'll be a link in the show notes you feel free to drop your platinum pitches in the PS4 community or on the Discord, and we'll give you a shout out and maybe a little back and forth with the guest each week if you, if you, if we're if we're so inclined, I suppose. So look, thank you, thank you once again, Zach. It's been it's been fantastically enjoyable. Oh, the pleasure the pleasure is mine. I I love being on the show, man. You uh you you and Mindy both just have a good a good thing going here. A lot of good positivity, and I like that. Oh yeah, and then my wife says she can't wait to be on the Excellent. show. Excellent. Well, well, I'm, I'm serious. We're well, definitely going to sort that out <laughs> later. That is all right. I'll be the background character for that episode. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't wait. An Animal Crossing special, perhaps. We'll. Uh... Yeah, Animal Crossing special. There you go. We shall see. So wherever you be in the world this week, listeners, I hope you be well. Be happy. We we must be happy. That's all we can be at this point. Keep smiling. Keep gaming. Keep having fun. Thank you, Zach. Have a wonderful week. All right. Thank you. Love you all. Wash your hands. Be good. 
Push to Plat podcast would like to thank our Patreon producers, Zador VP and Olsero. Along with all of our other Patreons, they provide us the opportunity to bring you this weekly show. If you like what you hear, why don't you check us out on Patreon at Push to Plat Podcasts. 